recording Hello. in time to hear ow, ow, ow. That's always a good sign. Yeah, I it's, know. Hey, Heather. Thanks for joining us at the last possible second. You're welcome. It was motivation to get my test done. It had to be done by midnight, so. What the hell? What you do? Why do I hear barking at your house? Who? I thought I heard a bark. Ugh, my friend's email has been hacked. Uh-oh. And I'm getting links like four times a day. Oh. I sent her an email and said, you've been hacked. And I didn't hear anything back. So I sent her husband an email because I knew he'd get it. And he said, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to stop it. But so far, I haven't had any luck. I'm like, great. Uh, oh, that sucks. Sorry, I'm still getting set up. No worries. I was sitting at my table working in a hard chair so I wouldn't fall asleep or, you know, uh, get distracted. So mm -hmm. I'm moving to more comfortable locales. Oh, I'm in a hard chair. You're smarter than I am. Usually I sit on a pillow when I do this, and I didn't grab a pillow. I always I always sit on a hard chair and fall asleep anyhow. Because <laughs> we keep you up late. Yeah. We'll try to go fast. I got notes done on the first two chapters. I have nothing, because you just pulled me in. So, I know. you know, this and is going to be I fun. <laughs> I have, I listened and I read the rest, but no. Oh. But it's not here. What Let's... are which um, what chapter are we starting on? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Interlude. I, I learned a very important thing. Huh. You cannot highlight and paste white print. Yes, you can. Well, you just have to highlight the whole thing over again and change the color. I can't figure out how to change the color on this rinky-dink thing I have. Oh, okay. No. Well, that's all you have to do. Did no, you get good. my message that she updated? She yeah. updated. I suppose I should send this to you guys and not to Ryan. Scott abandoned us to go do the castle podcast. Ah, oh, bastard. <laughs> Aw, poor Scott. I take it that's on um, Poofo Exchange? Yes, they're recording as well. They were supposed to record last week, but they didn't get a chance because Ryan forgot or something. So they're doing it now. Okay, um, I'm just, I have to write this email, and I keep writing everything that you guys say to me. Okay, so shut <laughs> up for just a minute. Well, I was just going to take my headphones off. Okay. <laughs> so, I'll be right here. It's, it's, it's only because it's important. It's a half marathon bib, and I got to get it to my runners. No, no, so no, no I go, get, it's fine. Okay. How have you been? Um, okay. Busy. This week was kind of crazy, because I was trying to get ready for this exam, and it turned out it was a take, oh, bugger it was a take-home exam mm -hmm. and so like basically me I didn't really study all that much but I had all my notes and stuff mm -hmm. and then work hasn't been too bad but it's just like I have a conference coming up and and so like I have like 100 t-shirts sitting in my apartment and <laughs> like all this other random stuff going on it's just like random you know <laughs> yeah I know um Okay. And it's okay. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. It's okay. Did you find somebody else? Because I know you're looking for two runners. Um, well, sort of. I kind of want to kill people <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how you really feel. What happens? Well, the thing is, I get this lady from this girl. She goes, I have a, she goes, I have a relay team. I can't afford the $300, but because uh, I'm missing two people. $300 for a freaking relay. Wow. To, yeah, so it was sixty dollars a person. She goes, I got three people, but I I need two more. And she goes, I'm a lawyer, so I really do not have enough time to find runners. And I'm thinking uh, to myself, I just wanted to smack her. I'm like, hmm, um, you think I don't have time to do stuff? <laughs> but 
uh, um, but then I'm thinking to myself, she's going to get me money. She's going to be <laughs> donating to the charity. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Yeah. It is so hard. <laughs> I was, I mean, honestly, I just went, I was just like, you, what? I'm like, I don't care if you're a freaking lawyer or not. <laughs> She's like, I'm an attorney. I'm like, well, what do you freaking do? Like, why you? I'm like, why can't you afford the 300 bucks? Because you know what? I make probably not even a quarter of what you make. Yeah. So, crazy. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I have gotten your emails this week, Trisha. I keep, I was like, oh, and I meant to like email you just to check how you were because <laughs> I hadn't planned on being on the podcast this week. That's okay. <laughs> That's me. Good at these things. Ooh, look, Heather's online. Let's see if we can steal her. <laughs> no, it's, it's nice. So. Yeah, yeah I missed you. I know. I do too. <sighs> so how's Ulrich? What did oh. he do today? <laughs> Are you going to... Uh, please tell me that, that, that he's... <laughs> he's perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. He's just that get, age. <laughs> oh, well, I get a phone call today mm-hmm. from school. And I'm thinking... And I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking, oh, shit. I'm like, bomb threat. Let's hope it's a bomb threat. I don't have to go pick up all... And everybody has to pick up their son or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. You wanted to be a bomb threat. I wanted it to be something. It was the damn nurse. It was the damn nurse. I was so pissed <laughs> because this is because I've had different nurses. So she says, "Well, I just wanted to let you know that Ulrich got hit in the head today during gym class." I'm like, "Okay." And she goes, "We got." I go, "By what?" She goes, "Oh, he got hit in the head by a soccer ball." So we had him sit down with me for about ten minutes to make sure everything's okay. And he came back uh, like an hour or two later, an hour later, and just. In- and she goes, and he's perfectly fine. I go, he got hit by a soccer ball? And she goes, yeah. I go, aren't you supposed to use your head with a soccer ball anyhow? And, and, the, and the nurse is like, um, she's like, yeah. I go, but he is so fine. <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, I could see it was unexpected <laughs> and it hit him smack in the face or something, but... Oh. Said it, and I go, where did it hit him? She said in the forehead. So I get a hold of Ulrich today. Of course, he didn't get any of he didn't get the homework done that he's supposed to get done during while he's after school care. So I was not happy. So we did not go swimming today because hmm, why? I learned not to punish myself and not let him go to the Y because that's punishing me. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't. He likes to go swimming, so he's not going to go swimming then. Right. And so. um I was talking, so I was talking to him. I'm like, so where did the soccer ball hit you? He looks at me and goes, how did you know? <laughs> I, go, the, I go, the nurse called me. He goes, well, he goes, my team was sitting out on, on the bench because we played twice. And he goes, and the soccer ball was coming towards me. So I hit it with my head. I go, so you did it deliberately? He goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I'm like. I'm like, well, you know what, Ulrich? I'm pretty proud of you for hitting the soccer ball with your head because you're supposed to. Yeah, that's great. Well, we had a, it wasn't in my class, but in the other class, they're they're doing community helpers Mm -hmm. and they have this book out and it's a pretty big book and it's got some pictures in it and different things like that. And it's about being a pediatrician and it's probably not a preschool book, but sometimes you put out other things for pictures or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, apparently nobody looked at this book very closely. There was one picture that we think was probably childbirth, 
And so somebody actually oh, no. glued the pages together so the kids couldn't see that one. We don't know oh, what it was. We just know the pages have been glued together. <laughs> but one of the kids brought the book to a teacher today and said, teacher, what is that doctor doing to that little boy's penis? Oh, oh. oh. And I had a picture of circumcision in that book. Oh my god. <laughs> and the teacher's like, uh, fixing it, I think. <laughs> she didn't know what to tell him. Oh, oh, what if I bet? <laughs> never mind. It's this little picture and, and you could look through that book a hundred times and never have noticed it, but this little kid, he he apparently likes the book and he looks at it every day and he found that one. Of course he did. Yeah, I know it. No, oh, kids. You're always fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just like, yeah. Aren't you supposed to hit the soccer ball with your head? Yeah, I but, love that the nurse called you for that. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. I got off the phone and I just went, I mean, right in the middle of my office, I go, what the hell? I'm like, I know they're going crazy about all the concussions and stuff, but this is freaking ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My whole office just starts laughing hysterically. Have they and, forgiven you, Trisha? Um, no, they keep on they keep on asking me if I keep on um wearing Tiger Bomb. They're like, You didn't bring any Tiger Bomb with you this time. I'm like, No, I did not. What? <laughs> she stunk up the whole office the other day. Why? How? Apparently I, Tiger Bomb stinks. Yeah, you ever have um icy hot? Yeah. It's the same thing but ten times smellier. Stronger? Uh yeah. Very, very strong. Because my muscles are sore. And I'm like, okay, I got a free sample. I'm going to try it out. The lady, <laughs> the lady beside me told me I was like a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> I mean, I cleared my whole office, practically. The one guy's like, I thought it was pretty good. I could start breathing again. Because everybody has sinuses right now. Like, oh. That's, That's funny. <sighs> very very bad oh yeah so I was like oh my gosh I'm like oh I just looked at all our, oh yeah and he's been a pain he's, he's at that age he's such a PETA <laughs> I like that little acronym PETA <laughs> yes it took me a couple minutes of reading it I was like oh yeah mm -hmm. one of my favorites too mm -hmm. well should we get going so we can get through this and go to bed Sure. I'm slightly distracted because apparently Ryan is watching the Republican debate and sending oh out God. tweets. Oh, God. <laughs> I should turn Twitter off, but yeah, it's kind of fun. Is he excited or, or very, very not happy? I don't, I, don't, not, I don't usually pay attention to people. I'm not reading them. I just keep seeing his picture flash up. So oh, okay. When this comes out in a year, people are going to go, what Republican debate? Yeah. So, tonight is the last night of shifts. We had to add an extra podcast to this because it was longer than we thought. No. And we kept going to bed early. <laughs> and people kept going to bed early. And yeah, it was crazy. Hey, I'm tired. I don't think we, Well, we were talking about Tiger Bomb. We were talking about yeah. hitting your soccer ball with, on your head and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And then Org, Org said to me, he's like, I go, well, I'm proud of you. He goes, well, we're not really allowed to hit the ball with our head. I'm like, okay. Well, see, <laughs> the, the last chapters, I did notes on the first two chapters, and then I just listened to the last chapters. And it's only two hours and 38 minutes. So we should be able to we get can do it this pretty quick. Yeah. Because we're not going to do it word for word. Okay. So we're at the interlude, and we'll we're with it. Peter. 
Oh yeah, we have to do our intros, don't we? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Who we are? Oh crap! Know. People may not know us right now. Okay. So they may not know us in a year. <laughs> For Friday, February eighth, this is episode one hundred and sixty of Potterfield Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ron. The next time. Previously on Potterfield Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yep. Okay, what did I miss? <laughs> Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. Yes, you are. You are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my Alphabet. <laughs> no, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> 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 I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. (laughs) I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. (laughs) But I was planning on getting grabbers anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Father, think we please. Where the story never ends. Like, who's, who's that? Who are you? They're like, where's Scott? We only listen for Scott. I know. He's leaving us. Apparently, Castle are... is that important. Oh, well, no, but then he's gone to school, so it's going to be hit and miss. He's not going to be a regular anymore. Aww. Well, congratulations for Scott. Yeah. For school. I mean, that's awesome. It is cool. What's he going for now? It's announcing. Oh, okay. E L I E L L I P T I C A L. Yeah. Yeah. Did I spell it right? I don't know. Looks good to me. Okay. <laughs> I can't. I keep trying to hit um more activities, but it's not letting me do it. So I'm ready to say piss on it. Okay. We'll always laugh before the end. Father, think we please where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. This is Oliver's Gal. And tonight we are closing out the last chapters of Shifts by Fernwithy. We are going to start on chapter 33, which is an interlude. I like the interludes. Interlude. They're kind of fun because you jump all around. And they always start with Remus changing. So he's... If this is really a Remus kind of thick. Right. Honestly. Which is why the interludes work. Because he's um he's um unable to you know give us a perspective for one day a, a night or one night a month. Right. So yeah, I mean, unless you want to hear rip claw. Yes, unless you want to hear that. So we are with our favorite rat. We Mr. are with Pettigrew, our favorite rat, who's being all fussed over by his mummy. Mummy. Mommy dearest. She doesn't want him to get all wet and cold, even though he's going to turn into a rat. Yes. They're kind of waterproof, aren't they? 
arrest well, a lot of people. Most of them, but whatever. But we do find out in this that he was the one that instigated Edward Holmes to kill himself. And he's the one that got, probably that told him what to do and got him the wolfsbane and stuff like that. It doesn't say that, but. Uh-huh. And uh, it was done, he thinks it was done to uh, make Remus fall apart. And apparently, if that's the, the case, he's failed spectacularly, which, you know, we always like to see Peter do. Yeah. Yay, Peter. It's just so sad because he, I mean, is it, you know, the whole debate of nature versus nurture and, you know, his mother spectacularly ignored him during his life and then, you know, mourned him obsessively after. And it's, he had the potential to be a very good person. Like everyone does truly, but I mean, he had good friends and he had all the makings, but that lust for power and the inability to say no, just took him to that bad place well like in true harry potter fashion he chose it yep he did yeah. I, and i think that's the biggest the biggest point is that he did choose it it's not like he you know voldemort i've read and i don't know if it's canon or fanon but that because voldemort was conceived under a love potion like he that's why he doesn't have feelings of love and, and nurture and things like that grant i mean he was in in um orphanage an orphanage thank you but you know the the effects of of being you know conceived under a love potion were you know affected his personality which i kind of was i found interesting mm-hmm. but it's also just like kind of a you know maybe a cop out but you know to look at it but here i mean peter clearly chose yeah. he chose yeah. he chose how do i put this he hedged his bets on where he thought was going to win versus staying true to his friends mm-hmm. yeah he let fear rule out and he, yeah. he wasn't strong enough to to do what he needed you know to do he could have gone to his friends they would have helped him in any way Yep. But that's not what he chose to do. And we lost Trisha. Oh, no. Trisha, you can't be the new Scott. No, it says she's not online. <laughs> oh, God. I see you, Skype. I know that you're bouncing. Skype's bouncing? <laughs> yeah. Whenever the... I had it, like, closed down, so whenever the messages pop up it bounces Always in bounces my little bar mm-hmm. yes. oh, oh, oh all i was good ping, ping. i thought i was like in a, like i was in a submarine you were in a submarine ping. we okay, all live in a yellow submarine yeah submarine. Uh, yeah. i found the badger yeah, song the the submarine. submarine we all live in a yellow submarine a yellow submarine a yellow submarine that's all i remember of the song so yeah, you can cut me off. so he's heading out to the garden our friend Peter, to uh, gather up some werewolves and send them out into the city because, you know, that's the thing to do when you turn into a rare wolf. Run out, run amok. Amok, amok, amok. I'm glad that we all went there. Thank <laughs> you, Focus Focus. <laughs> yeah, Focus Focus is great. I love this, the end of this, these two lines is just perfect. The clouds parted just for a moment. Oh, damn, one of them said. And then the screaming began. Ugh. I was going to say, if it was like a really cloudy night and I don't see the moon, do they, do they, do they um, transform? Turn? You know what? I'm not sure they do in this universe. It seems like they have to see the moon to transform. But because I think he, if you don't transform, he, you're in this like half state or something. I don't know. 
maybe like in a crazed state or something like that is like you feel itchy or something like mm-hmm. that. The only way I can think of. Because I mean, even in um, the movies, it's like Remus doesn't turn until he see. They're like they see that they make the point for him to see the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's already thing. night. The moon is is effectively already up. You know, when they're crawling out of there, but right. he sees the moon. So like, why don't the <sighs> Okay, so the point I guess I would make is that why do like the werewolves, the the canthropes, even go outside during the full moon? Because if they don't see it, it's not there. Na 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 na. Like yeah, I don't. It makes me think that there's something. It's like a half transformation or something like that. So the moon makes it happen fast, but if they don't see the moon, then it's slow. Or there's some there's some reason for it because otherwise, yeah, they would stay inside. All right, Fern, this is a question that we have for you. Yeah, we'll ask Fern. Write it down, write it down. And then we jump to Dora, well, actually Ted, who's making his way into the Leaky Cauldron. And I love him. He finds Dora sitting at the table with a blanket-wrapped bundle beside her. And he says, is there something you forgot to tell us? (laughs) But the funny thing is, I mean, she's at a bar with a kid. Yeah, yeah, well. This is London. You're allowed to do that. Yeah. Well, you're allowed to do it here, too, but it's kind of... It's frowned upon. Yeah, it's very much frowned upon. In this establishment. <laughs> Tis not so much in the Leaky, I don't think. I think more since the Leaky is, like, a community air, you know, to get from point A to point B, like, it's a, it's a pub and it's a, you know... It's a boarding house, and I mean, it's more than just a bar. Right. It's, yeah. And and over there, that's what pubs are. Yeah. They're eating places. They're where you go and you dance, and you listen to live music, and, you know, and kids are, it's a family affair that over there. Hell, I was allowed to drink outside. Drink outside. I was like, I got a milk bottle in public. I was sad. Yeah. Trisha. And she, as, she right. came, as she swills her mics. Yeah. Oh, I chugged that sucker down. I had tea tonight. I didn't go get my mics. So she introduces him to Frankie Apparn and tells Francis that this is her dad and, and he'll like him, which I thought was cute. So she's on babysitting duty because his parents were uh, invited out for something that their sister was doing and Sanjeev came down sick. So she volunteered to hang out with the baby because she likes babies. Mm. Oh, foreshadowing. And uh, Ted wants to know what's up. And she's like, can't a girl invite her, her father to a dinner for no reason? And he's like, no. <laughs> it's just like when I call my dad, I'm like, daddy. He goes, what do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know. They always know. Yeah. And she wants to talk to him about her relationship with Remus, sort of. She kind of beats around the bush a little bit. But she's concerned because they're not arguing. Which I hmm. think is absolutely hysterical. You know, shouldn't we be fighting? Don't couples fight? <laughs> you'll fight. Blame me. You'll fight sooner or later. Yeah. And I love him. How many times do you remember your mom and I fighting? Like, Never. That's cute. It is cute. And she's looking for the romance of it, kind of. <sighs> and, you know, you're going to have a lover's spat or whatever, but just don't force it. Just let, you know, let nature take its course. And Enjoy has- the peace. Yeah, enjoy the peace. And he asks how it feels, and she says it's like being home. And so he says, "Well, don't don't worry." And then we jump to Diddy, darling. Diddy Ken, <laughs> love him. He's on the phone with his mother, and Petunia's just going in and in and in and in and in and in and and he's totally zoned her out. And all of a sudden, she's like, "Diddy, are you there? Are you there? Where'd you go?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm here." 
He forgot to me making an uh-huh sound every few minutes, so she knew yeah. he was listening. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for that happening. And, of course, she wants to know if that man hmm. is doing anything he oughtn't. She has a very dirty mind where it comes to Venus. I don't know. I think she just feels like it's a good way to address how to get rid of him in the, the case of magic. Right. Right. You know, I don't really think that she's purposely thinking that it's that, that you know, explicit, but it's just a way for her to use um, public perception a- as her weapon. Yeah. And her racism shows throughout. Mm. She doesn't like magic, but she doesn't like Jews either. Hmm. You know, whatever happened to that old Jew? And yeah, she's just, she doesn't and like something, it. And something tells me that's an influence from Vernon more so than her childhood. Mm, probably. I'm reading a fic right now where um, the Dursleys are related to Slughorn and they're oh squibs. And the huh. reason they hate magic is because they're squibs. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And Duddy did magic when he was younger and he does it every once in a while at school, but he, he does, he makes sure he doesn't do it at home because his parents flip out if he has. Huh. It's kind of fun. Um, so he, yeah, she wants to make sure everything's okay. And he's been memory charmed. So he doesn't remember anything, but he still has nightmares dreams about a dingy little pub and a high-pitched nasty laughter and it but it's nothing nothing at all you know he he can't face it mm-hmm. he just doesn't want to it's hard to face things that you don't want to face mm-hmm. oh sometimes it's easier sometimes just to wait till you're able to face it later yep. yeah and then we jump to the bar where all of this went down Yes, uh, this is funny. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, Andromeda, what are you doing? She's on the floor. She's looking at stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got you, Narcissa. <laughs> you know, he's trying to help. Madam, did you lose your contact lens? And she's like, no, no, it's fine. Obliviate. <laughs> 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 he's like, hmm, was there a woman here? I don't remember. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Oh, yeah. Clean. <laughs> Somebody comes in and goes, do you know you have a hole in your bar? He's like, wait, where'd this come from? He's going to figure out how to flatten out the floor again because she's ripped up a big old splinter. (laughs) (laughs) And then we jump to probably Sirius's place. Yeah. Andromeda's like, we've got her. But they make the mistake of saying it in front of Creature. They just don't get it. No. No. I mean, it's... it's okay. This, okay, this sounds weird, this analogy. It's just like, I mean, someone who grows up Catholic does not <laughs> take... I know. I know you're, hold on, wait till I go for, further. Or any kind of religion. You, you're like, okay, this is what I grew up This is everything that I know. But it's just like they grew up with Creature. They take him for granted. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize what he's cap- capable of. It's just really sometimes people... I mean, in different religions, if you're Mormon or Catholic or Methodist, you grew up with it. It's it's something t- new to you. But like when someone ha- has it health for the first time, they're not going to be they're going to be more grateful mm-hmm. than people that have always grown up with one. That's true. And they're like, you know, they're like old time servants. They're to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to, you know, which is absolutely hysterical to me because I've been watching Downton, Downton Abbey. Abbey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, the servants are such an integral part of all of that. But 
Don't be. You've got the skill and you've got the willingness. But he hasn't got the experience. He's right. Pay no attention. You have a nice manner, Alfred. You're not vain like Thomas. You know, there's to be seen and unheard. He's being the perfect house elf. He's never around, but he's supposedly getting things done, which we know he's not. But still, you would think that at some point somebody would have gone, he can't be hiding this well. And where is he going? Well, he's also been alone for how many years, too? Mm -hmm. Just with the pictures. Yeah. Yep. So there... What was that sound? Sorry. Uh, that was just me growling. I'm trying to print stuff and it's not letting me print. Okay. I did that today at work. I was supposed to be printing reports and the printer like ran out of paper and I loaded the paper like five different times and it kept saying, you need to load the paper. I'm like, it's in there. <laughs> so finally mm -hmm. I clicked on the button that said, how do you load paper? And it said, you have to click on this button first. And I was like, oh, okay. So I clicked <sighs> on that button. And then it said, you have a paper jam. We've canceled the printing. I'm like, fine. I don't need it anyhow. So I took it all out. Well, it never canceled it. It just pretended to cancel it. And then it wouldn't print anything after that. Because it still had one in the queue. Oh, my God. So I went in and, like, canceled all of them. And it wouldn't let me cancel that one because it had gotten, you know, halfway through. And I finally ended up having to turn the computer off and start all over again. And it was like. This program's not responding and like, turn it off. This show has been brought to you by Printer Problems. Printer Problems, yes. <laughs> and then we, we go to Jonah Percy. Percy! He's yeah. drinking. He ought to be drinking. And, you know, we get a little bit more from Umbridge. And, you know, you just want to kill her. <laughs> you just do. And she's like, we need to get rid of Hagrid. And I really, really think that we need to put, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, McNair in here. McNair's going to be a fine teacher. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's going to be out there with that great big old axe chopping his heads off. Come on. <laughs> he's kind of like an overgrown filch yeah. that can do magic. That's what I think of McNair. You know, could you just see yeah. him out there? He's got that big old axe and he's sitting out there with the, with the hood rock, and he's like honing the edge. <laughs> and then he's talking to the kids about unicorns, you know, <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's wrong. <laughs> He'd get mad and have to cut up all the pumpkins in the pumpkin field. I just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hey, he's gonna tell him about the hypocrite that got away. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not even gonna ask, but okay. It's the it's the hypocrite song from the Mash Pit. I don't listen to Wizard Rock that often. No, no, it's from the movie. Really? Yeah. Wizard Rock's coming through your town very soon. I'm bummed they're only coming out to see us once. But anyhow. And so Percy ends up at the bar because he doesn't want to go home alone. So he goes to the leaky and people are spraying the cock and bull cologne. And he's like, what is that? And they're like, oh, you need to go to the Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes. You should go. You look like you could use a laugh. And he's just like, oh, God, I can't get rid of, I can't get away from him anywhere. <laughs> so he leaves. And then we have Creature tattletailing to Narcissa and Lucius. Don't you just want to strangle him? 
Yes. But the but the thing is, you know, he com- he comes back into the end. That's true. Comes back to us. Yeah, the whole time that Sirius is threatening to rip his head off his shoulders, and you're urging him on, and you have to remember that at the end of the in the war, he's attacking people's knees with kitchen knives. <laughs> that was so funny. It was great. <laughs> this is for my master. I don't remember that one. Oh yeah, yes, they it came. Bus- it was right after Ron and Hermione kissed because it was what about the house elves? And he comes busting out of the kitchens like with the lock, the the locket on, and a kitchen knife. And like, this is for my master. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's actually right before Harry takes on Voldemort. Yeah, they come out. Okay, of- I'll just have to. I just I have to rewatch it. Go read. No, it's not watch. You got to go reread it. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bella wanders upstairs uh, with a gift for Creature, a silver dagger. And Creature's like, you know, I can't hurt anybody. And he's bashing his head against the wall and everything. And Lucius says, not not your master. You're not going to hurt your master. But I promise you what you're going to do will hurt him, you know. And then Creature smiles and kisses the knife and disappears. And they, you know, Lucius and, and uh, Sissy talk about whether or not they really have anything that they can use against them. And they're not worried about it. The Dark Lord will take care of them. And then we have Remus changing back. It was a long night. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we move on. Yay! Chapter 34, Impending Doom. Doom. So we have uh, Mr. Blythe coming into Remus's office. And saying, uh, you know, I sent you your contract for next year and it's already three days past the deadline and I need to know if you're staying. And Remus is like, I don't know. And poor Remus, <laughs> you feel for him so badly here because he wants to stay. You know he does. He, he can him. have a life, you know, and a career and everything that he just wants to be useful for, you know. And he's good. He's a really good teacher. These kids have blossomed under him. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he goes to their games and he, he's there for them. I mean, he's a perfect teacher. And you just feel so terrible. But at the same time, he knows that Joe's feeling better. Mm-hmm. And if he stays, then Joe misses out. And so he's torn between that. And we find out that Blythe already went to the school board to ask if he could have both of them. But they told him no. I guess it's the school governors over there, but, you know, same difference. Yeah. So he says that he'll he'll talk to his wife, but he's really relatively certain that they'll be leaving. But he'll let him Aww. know in the next day or two. Aww. And yeah, Aww. you just know it breaks his heart. I'm breaking mine. Oh, I know. And he goes to talk to Dora, and Dora says, you know, I tried to do it. I went to one of the book club meetings as myself. And they were nice. They let me in. But they didn't know who I was, and it wasn't the easy camaraderie that we have now. And they just think I'm this weird woman, you know? And they're both just tired of the lies. <sighs> this, this is just sad. It is sad. I'm just making being sad panda. Aww. Mm. Hugs. Hugs. Huggable hugs. Huggable hugs. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So he goes back and talks to Sirius about it. There ought to be something I could do. Maybe I could work at Umbridge again. No, that's not going to work. And yeah. He knows about Umbridge. Yeah, well, if he could just bite her, then we'd be set. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome? You know, it would save a whole lot of trouble that, that happened um, during the year Teddy was born. 
But, you know, again, read her other stories. You'll find out what an awful, awful person she is. She's actually quite pleasant in this time frame. In mm-hmm. canon. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, compared to what she does during the, the Voldemort regime. She's a toad. We we broke Death Row last week. And mm-hmm. We talked How? about her being a toad. And then we said, do you think her animagus, animagus form is a toad? And then we said, ooh, maybe she could get together with Trevor. <laughs> Uh, we broke him quite a few times last week. <laughs> oh, God. It was, it was great. He died. It was so funny. Yeah, we broke him quite a few times. But see, isn't, I, I don't know, someone wrote, and maybe it was Jules, maybe it was not, someone wrote a fic from the perspective of Trevor. Really? Yeah. It was really good. Like, it wasn't like, you know, it, it was sweet, Jules. you know, about like how Trevor, like, I think it was Trevor during the battle or whatever, mm-hmm. and I him remember. hopping around. Yep, yep, and, like, I remember that. I Trevor right. would, was, Trevor is far too noble to go for a toad like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> no, my favorite is when Trevor is really Neville's grandfather hiding from, from his grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> There you go. So we move to Saturday morning and Dora's waiting at the car park because they're going to go to Alan's because they're having a party for Remus. Kind of a goodbye party, I think. And they're smuggling Snuffles along. He's promised to be good and Bill and Fleur won't tell anybody he's gone. And he's gotten smart and ordered Creature not to tell anybody that he's gone for the day. So... And Bill and Fleur get a chance to... You know, not have Molly and Arthur chaperones. Yes. (laughs) They get a little time to themselves. Off they go. And we have a little uh, banter about Stubby Boardman and things like that. But before too long, they tell him he's got to transform back. And we get our what the heck moment here because they have to park on the street. There's cars all over the place and (laughs) his driveway is full. And what's going on? How do I parallel park? Oh my god! <laughs> Magic. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Wait, what's the new? Is it like the four? There's a Ford that you could press a button and it parallel mm-hmm. parks for yeah, you. Parks for yes, you. I need one of those. <laughs> and they, you know, come around the corner and everybody shouts surprise because they're leaving. It's very sad. No. Again, sad panda. Yeah, but he goes over and congratulates Joe, which is cool. And some of the kids have shown up. Yeah, which I they don't. Was great. See, I thought it was funny. Like, you do not see anybody drinking here. Yeah, yeah. I see you now. Do me a favor. You stick to the soft drinks and don't report on the rest of us. <laughs> and I love Stephen. To who? Headmaster Blythe, who's standing right there behind you. You know, drinking a bright red cocktail, dancing to a song about a land down under. Yeah, we'll report it to him. <laughs> he won't remember in the morning, but it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to land down under. <laughs> Forget how that song goes. I know it and I love it and I just can't. Yeah, because they're... Sorry. They're going to go to Australia, so we've got an Australian theme going on here. They asked for an email. They said they were going to try to set up an email account, but they knew it wouldn't work because he's so terrible at email. He says, yeah, at the rate I type, it'd be faster to use birds. <laughs> so they're going to get him a flock of pigeons, which Sirius, as Snuffles, thinks is a grand idea. <laughs> but before long, they have to go home. 
And uh, they don't want to, but they figure Bill and Fleur have had enough of his mother's hospitality. It's Mrs. Oh, Blank yeah. Screaming her head off. And it turns out she's not the only Black hanging out because Narcissa is waiting. She can't tell. She doesn't know where they are. The Fidelis is in place, but she's standing down there kind of waiting. And so Dora goes out because she's the only one that can actually be there, who has an excuse to be there. And mm -hmm. she goes and, you know, fancy meeting you here. And they have a few words. And in the meantime, while they're talking to each other, some bad dog pees all over her purse. <laughs> I can't imagine who could do that. That's funny. What was the fic that we read? Was it was it her fic that we read where he peed on the guy's head? I don't remember. Was that a fern as well? I don't I can't remember. remember. I'm saying this is Bonnie's over there chewing on herself. Bonnie, knock it off. Ugh, I hate the sound of a dog licking. It drives me nuts. But, no, the light. You should hear my cat sometimes. It's crazy. So Sounds like a makeout session. <laughs> They, Dora and Narcissa are, are talking about Bella and Narcissa's, you know, being her usual charming self. But she reaches down to pick up her purse and it's all wet yellow. And of course it was a white silk purse, so it's now very yellow. yellow. <laughs> she doesn't even pretend to hide her magic. She just levitates the whole thing out. And I love Remus, who's like, what are you, 10 years old? And Sirius is like laughing on the grass, just you know, having a grand old time. It is so, kind of perfect. It is. And we have Monday and Tuesday mornings where we're doing exams, and Dora's bringing him with Spain potion again. And Daniel Morris comes in, and he's all sad because Remus is leaving. And he likes Remus because Remus came to his fencing matches, even though he sucks. Hmm. And Remus is like, you know, you're just learning. Very few people are good at things when they first start. And yeah, but my mom says I'm just not good at everything. And so Remus has an, a, a bout of inspiration and he talks to uh, Alan because Alan's in this role playing game where they do sword fighting and stuff like that. And yeah, so the medieval stuff. Yeah. So he gets the two of them together. And now, now Daniel's. Slightly bewildered, but he's going to end up being really happy about the whole thing because it's just right up his alley. And he can get more practice. Mm -hmm. And then we have Dudley drop by. Daddy can. Diddy. Sorry. So he's like, so, I was right. You did whatever you came to do, and now you're letting Mr. Levinson come back. And Remus is very patient. I was here to protect you. Well, so I don't need protecting anymore? No, we're going to protect you in a different way. You know, and he just... He just knows that they've done this to Mr. Levinson so that they could be there, even though none of it's true. But Remus tells him, you have sharp eyes, keep them open, because we know that he has kind of an inkling for wizards. He's been around them, he's been um, accosted by them and everything. Yeah, you kind of, after a while, you kind of get a little, maybe your little sixth sense. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, Dilly doesn't realize, he could, Remus could have been a freaking janitor. Right. I yeah. mean, so, blah. Yeah. And Dora's moving out of her place and she's just sad because she can't find anything she likes. She doesn't want to be in near Gringotts. She doesn't want to be in Diagon Alley. She, you know, well, I liked my little apartment. Why did she just keep it? That's the thing I couldn't answer. Just keep the damn thing. Because they've been there. The Aww. Garveys and stuff have been there and so they might drop by to see her. Or they might see her going about her business and they don't want them to know that they didn't really move. 
That's true. Yeah. And I love Sirius. He's like, come on, Mooney, just solve our housing problems. And she looks at him and says, if you propose to me to solve my housing problems, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> and Remus is like, wouldn't dream of it. Nom, nom, ah, I wasn't thinking about that. They end up playing cards and start laughing and stuff. And they're kind of happy. They talk about pretending to be husband and wife and, you know, whether or not what it was like and stuff. And she says, you know, I loved it. I loved it because I've been in love with you since I was a little girl. And I loved being your wife. And I want it all. I want you and a home and babies. And he says, I think they'll be beautiful. Mm. She says, one of us should actually ask the question so the other one can answer. <laughs> and he starts to ask and upstairs the door crashes open and mrs black wakes up and there's bellowing and dogs and damn she says and they start to go up and she says wait or he says wait before whatever catastrophe befalls us will you marry me and she says yes 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 and then they run upstairs to find out what the catastrophe is and they find hagrid Hagrid. Poor Fang. (laughs) He doesn't know what to do. You gotta love him. That ruddy umbrage woman had their auras chase me out. No offense, Tora. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, you know, I'm fine and Fangs will be okay, but I'm really worried about Professor McGonagall. And Remus like, what? This is when she gets hit by all the stunners. Yeah. And we were worried about her too, so I don't blame him for being worried. That's, that was the point in the book where I'm just like, you never touch McGonagall, you bastard! <laughs> Did that happen? Did they do it in the movie? No. No. No, they no, really were worried about Maggie Smith. Probably. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Well, then we switch chapters. Chapter 35, Infiltration. And we have, you know, Haggard telling the story that we pretty much know. You know, he knew that Umbridge was going to sack him, but figured... He- She'd wait, and she didn't want to have the fiasco that she had before with Trelawney, so she decides to do it at night. And, and turns uh, out even, even, even bigger blah. And we, you know, Professor McGonagall's gone out to help him, and they've all turned on her, and Dora's like, but, 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 they're wars! They can't do that! And so she heads off to go find out what's going on at the ministry, and to send her mom to St. Mungo's, or to school to make sure that Minerva's okay. And, uh... Hagrid asks if he can stay the night because he doesn't know where to go. But Dumbledore said that he needed to come and, and let them know what was happening. So he had to circle around and get a Thestral. And, you know, I, it had to have been a dang big Thestral. <laughs> Don't think... Maybe it was a couple of them. Maybe he straddled both of them. <laughs> That's just a mental him. image I don't want to see. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he would have to be, like, standing on each of their backs, you know. Because they had to be wide enough apart to keep the wingspan, and yeah, because he could. Oh, I didn't think about the wingspans. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, depending on how. Don't they, can't they carry immense loads or something like that? Like they have. I just remember that line from that book. Is that you know? Was it them or was that a, or was that a um? Is it in Magical Beast? Hang on, I got Magical Beast right here. Let's see. Oh, you do, you just have it right there. So. I do. It's it's right here. It's the one I bought when Scott and I went to go see the Harry Potter exhibition. Mm. I bought one for him and I bought one for me. Aw. Puff skins, red caps. I'm getting close to tea. Uh, of course, they don't have Thestrals in here. I was gonna say I didn't think mine. 
I don't think mine had Thestrals, but because that was before the um, book five. Yeah, no Thestrals. I don't know why. No, they would have to be really far apart, even because they would only have one wing each. What do you mean? Uh, they'd only have one wing each. Because I mean, if the, if Hagrid's straddling them and they're like side by side, it's like um. Like yeah. maybe a foot apart. Yeah, they couldn't flap the other wing. Right. Yeah, there's no way they'd be able to fly. Thestrals. Oh, Thestrals. T A T H. There's an R in there. That here, I got it. Let's see what it says here. Wiki. So, like, go to Wiki, guys. Come on. Thank you. Um. Let's see. They're rare. They're considered dangerous. They're known as omens of misfortune. I was thinking that it was um, Phoenix that can carry heavy loads. It's the Phoenix, yeah. Maybe. Due to their classification, only experienced withers, wizards. There you go. Wizards should handle them. Breeding as well as owning them is discouraged and even illegal. Outside of Hogwarts. Outside of Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. But they do have a pretty good wingspan, so I think he would have a hard time riding two. I can't see him on one. <laughs> Nope, nope, nope. But he was on the motorbike. He collapses pretty well. Well, the the motorbike could have been like um like reinforced. Um, it says that they're larger in height and in length than a wingless horse, and they have white eyes. So yeah, not very, not a whole lot of help here. But I I really don't think that Hagrid got to uh, ride one. A dragon. A dragon could have brought him, no problem, but I'm not sure the horse could. Oh, look, Kelly's here. All right, Hello. back to where, wherever we were. I have no um, idea. Hagrid's gone upstairs to go see Buckbeak because he misses him. Beaky! Beaky! And I love Sirius. Eleven Death Eaters on the loose that Flood, Fudge knows about, even if he's under the impression that one of them is me. And he's wasting ores going after Hagrid and dueling with McGonagall. And, you know, it's like, how is he going to justify this? And then Sirius yeah. wants to know if he did it. And Remus nods. And uh, he's like, and? And Remus says, well, I hope you know how to be a best man. Yeah. And he whoops so loud that Hagrid comes crashing out of the bedroom. And they won't tell him what's wrong because Remus wants Dora to be able to tell her parents first. So Hagrid's left thinking that they're both nuts. Well, they are insane. That's true. So I guess it works. And then they start, they, they play this whose family's better game. And it's basically, okay, Dumbledore has more members of the black side on his family than Voldemort does. I mean, it's you and Andromeda and Ted and Dora and me. And they're like, yeah, but if you're counting Bella, then you have to add Rodolphus and Lucius. And then you're back to five to four. And if you count Draco, then, it, you know, it's just like this crazy game. <laughs> this is cute. So it's black math. <laughs> black math. There you go. Black math. And he says, you know, you guys ought to live here and you can have the room that Hagrid's staying in because it's huge. And Remus like, well, I, we just live in my room. You know, that monk cell. No, we're, we're going to get you a decent place to live. <laughs> so he's sitting there daydreaming. Remus is up daydreaming about getting woke in the middle of the night by his children. It's not even... He's not going to get woke up in the middle of the night because they're all going to go to mummy. <laughs> and while he's having this daydream, she sneaks up behind him and says, watch your Remus. And he doesn't think she's real. She, he thinks she's still part of the dream. It's not until she touches him that he realizes that it's true. And he wants to know if he really did ask her to marry him because it just seems so surreal. And then she says. She on. told mom. 
she told mom. She told mom. And she, she tells what happens when she gets to the ministry. We're going to pull Kelly in here. Hi, Kelly. Greetings. It's an all-girl cast tonight. <laughs> Someone decided to dump us for other people. Yeah, I heard. Sorry. I know. We're on chapter 35. Just a little ways down, Dora is going to tell us what happened at the ministry when she got there after McGonagall had been attacked by the oars when they were chasing Hagrid out. Okay. Just to kind of give you an idea. Hagrid is surprised to see her back and... She says, well, it didn't take long to find out what was happening at headquarters because Kingsley was screaming bloody murder at Scrimshaw and Dollish. And of course it was Scrimshaw <laughs> and Dollish that were the ones that went and did this. And Fudge but it was, like, it was the younger Scrimshaw, not Rufus. Yeah. No, it was, yeah. yeah. And of course Fudge is like, well, I told them they could do it. And Kingsley's like, uh, no, these are auras. They are not your personal goon squad. <laughs> going after Fudge too, which is cool. And he saw that Dora was there and asked her to go get her mom and go check on Professor McGonagall. So that works. She went by St. Mungo's and, and sent her mom out there as soon as her shift was over so she could make sure she was okay. And she told her mom that they're getting married. Yay! Whee! And Sirius is... He can't sleep. Too much is going on. So he's lying on the dining room table, cleaning the chandelier with his wand. This is so funny. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> cleaning. Obvious. Yeah, but the thing is, is that if you're lying underneath something, you don't want to clean it while you're lying underneath it. It's like opening your mouth while you're trying to dust the shades. You know, it's... <laughs> yeah, you're going to be breathing it all Yeah. <laughs> Well, he might have he might have like some kind of like charm like over him that it kind of just lays on like it just comes down on or he might be obliviating every single little dust particle. Oh, that's true yeah, too. He's he's scourgifying it. It goes away. It's not like when I try to dust the ceiling fan and all the dust comes down on my bed. Right. You know, they say that you like and I tried this. Um if you get an empty pillowcase and you mm -hmm. put it around the fan blades, it all kind of stays you know, contained. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but that means actually being able to get up to the yeah. Well, she's, she's yeah, using a broom. I have short ceilings. Stand, it's hard to so. stand on my waterbed. Yeah. Days. Well, yeah. It's not so much the ceiling is high as that Sue is short. Well, yeah, yeah. There's that. <laughs> I have to stand I, on so a chair. So I have to stand on my bed too to get to mm -hmm. mine. I have a um a ceiling. I only have one ceiling fan in my entire in my entire place. And I have a brush for the ceiling fan blades mm -hmm. that, you know, it's like one of those things that you're supposed to be able to extend out. Right. I don't need to extend it because the ceiling fan is in the kitchen and I can stand underneath it. But it's like a... Is it like a Swifter? It's sort of like a Swiffer, except it's oblong shaped. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you sweep it over the... You put the blade through the middle of it and it sweeps both sides, the top and the bottom. And it, oh, gets, all yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it gets all the gook off and it doesn't go everywhere, so fancy which is really funny like i said because it's got this extension on it if i use the extension i probably would have to like lay on the floor in order to use it because it's too short i'm too tall to have to use the extension uh, you need to send it to me <laughs> well my mom used to use it for the ceiling fan it was in the great room and that one was you know 12 feet 14 feet in the air and that's mm -hmm. why we had extension but we don't have that anymore <laughs> it's Sorry, my forehead's really like itchy. Oh. I hate that. Mm -hmm. So he's cleaning, the, yeah, lying on his back. We, I think I'm just gonna like 
Would that make you dizzy? I mean, something. I don't know. Well, you're staring into the light, so you probably get, you know, you probably have that big white spot, like, uh-huh. or being mm-hmm. hypnotized. Well, that's candles too, so they're flickering. It's serious. It he's is. he's probably the the type that would spin around in circles just to see how it felt to be dizzy. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> he would. Yeah, he would. So we have uh, Dumbledore showing up. Yay, Dumbledore! And he yeah, about time we see him. Gathers the crew together. Ask Remus to go get Kingsley and Mad-Eye, and they all head to the hospital because they want to be there when McGonagall wakes up. Sirius wants to go, but he can't. No, he can't. Obviously. There's this whole being a fugitive thing that really sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, really. really. For him. And he's, you know, Dumbledore is <laughs> concerned, but they get there. Remus, I love Remus. How do you intend to get into St. Mungo's? And he says, he says I'm going to go through their front door. He says, Miss Tonks, if you would be kind enough to tell anyone that I am fully in the hands of a skilled Auror, I would appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> he's not under arrest, but he's under her control. Yeah, that's it. Right. And Minnie's awake when he gets there. Minnie! Yeah. She's going to live. And Dora gives her a little kiss and says it's from Sirius. He also told her that when she's better, he'll take her for a ride on his motorbike. And she says, I don't know if that was a promise or a warning. <laughs> And we find out that he was one of her favorites. As a teacher, yeah. you're not supposed to have favorites, but you do. Um, yeah. Kind of like as a parent, you're not supposed to have favorites, but you do. I have my favorite, too. Yeah. Even though I think he's PETA. Yeah. <laughs> he's your favorite PETA? Oh, n- no, but he's a PETA. <laughs> I won't ask who your favorite PETA is. It changes. Yeah, and they discuss this, and they what they've come up with is that by doing it the way she did it while Harry was doing his astronomy OWL, mm-hmm. it's going to really mess him up. Because not only have all the people he depends on been removed from Hogwarts, Dumbledore's gone, McGonagall's gone, Hagrid's gone. Well, and he doesn't have any outlet. He can't fly. Right. He can't, you know, it's, it's very repressive. He's a very angry caged animal right now. Right. He's emo. He certainly is. (laughs) Poor Harry. And so they're just, you know, undercutting him and they're making him more open for whatever the Dark Lord has planned for him. Well, no, they're protecting him. The Dark Lord's not back. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I'm sorry. (sighs) And I, I love what they keep saying about McGonagall. A proper Gryffindor, this one. Rushing right in. (laughs) <laughs> well you know mm-hmm. act first think later yes. sometimes that's Gryffindor <laughs> yeah, she's a Gryffindor we always knew she was a little Scottish in her no <sighs> so just Gryffindor I love that she says yeah without looking of course I don't suppose I would have stopped it never occurred to me they would st- they would try to stun me without warning are you kidding she would have had her wand out and Protego up in a flash if she had seen them oh yeah if she, she had any warning at all We've all seen the the seventh movie. We we know that she's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> she Go is Minnie. a dance. <laughs> Go. I Minnie. always wanted to do that. <laughs> I always wanted to do that spell. <laughs> Pierre Totem Locomotor. Boundaries protect us. Do your duty to our school. Have you 
was wanting to use that spell. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Kingsley ranting some more. Yeah. He's talking <laughs> to Arthur. Like, all he does is rant. It's like, come well, on, Kingsley. <laughs> problem is is that that's all he can do yeah because he's as frustrated as everybody else because here you've got fudge saying oh yeah well i let them do whatever they want excuse me this is not your goon squad yeah apparently it is he can't do anything because if he complains too much to the wrong people he'll be out Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah and they need him in there they so badly need him in there. Yeah, because he's the only calming influence that they really have. Well, and, and it's just, it's that whole, we've got to protect you for your own good. And by God, I'm going to tie you up and throw you in a box to protect you if I have to. And and that's just our game, you know? Oh, yeah. If but... I have to duct tape you in bubble wrap, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't think I won't. <laughs> that bubble wrap. It goes a long way. Yeah. And so we have the crazy plan. And I love that this is from another perspective, not Harry's. Because we have Harry at school thinking he's all alone. Everybody's left. There's no one there for him. And what in the world am I going to do? And then we have all the adults in the hospital room going, okay, that's it. We're done. We're going to go take over the school. We're going to kick Fudge's butt. We're going to kick Umbridge out on her butt. And we're going to go in and save Harry. And that's what they're planning on doing. But he has no clue. And he... uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's just sad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I wholeheartedly approve of this plan. We're going to go back. We're going to take over the school. And when all of it shakes out, Fudge is going to get what's coming to him, too. Well, he does. He ends up getting it. What, what's coming to him, just not in the way that they had hoped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he's, you know, Dumbledore's the perfect general. He's like, okay, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and I love, he looks at Moody, and he says, I'm going to ask you to do something illegal. Go search Malfoy's house under the invisibility cloak. Moody's like, I'm already there. Waiting for this for years. Where's the door? (laughs) It's like a little. Yeah, he he is such a. I don't know. Does it say if Moody was a Gryffindor or Slytherin? Moody was a Hufflepuff. Huh? What the hell is a Hufflepuff? (laughs) You didn't know that? No. Yeah, Moody was a Hufflepuff. Really. That's what no I. Hunker. That's what I've read. That he was a Hufflepuff. He was no hunker. He wasn't in Slytherin, and he wasn't a Ravenclaw, and he wasn't a, and he wasn't a Gryffindor. He was a Hufflepuff. What house was? He's a hard oh, worker. No, it says they don't know. They say well, he knows he wasn't a Slytherin. Right. Open silly computer. Well, this is ask and answers. It doesn't give us anything. Uh, um, I. We know he wasn't a I Slytherin think- because he despised the dark arts and everything to go with it. He was. He also mm-hmm. wasn't a Hufflepuff because he was very brave and smart, which are qualities of Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, not Hufflepuff. He was most likely no, I always, Gryffindor, but I always thought he was a Hufflepuff. I always thought he was Ravenclaw's a possibility. All right, that's it. Somebody call Joe. <laughs> well, tell well, Dora, to get to Dora was a Puff. Uh, I mean, why not? Yeah. No, we just need to get to the fourth book on Pottermore, and we'll find out. I'll talk to Hat. We'll find out where uh, Moody was. Okay. okay. He'll, he'll tell me. We'll <laughs> let you know. I just thought he was a buff. Yeah. Sorry. No, it makes sense to me. 
He is a hard worker. And who knows? I mean, I just looked at the first thing that came up on the internet. It could it could be anything. You know. Yeah, I got the same thing. They're ruling out Hufflepuff based on bravery and, and intelligence, but it's really not ruling it out, you know? Mm-hmm. I just see him as a puff because he strikes me as a kid who would have been all over the place, kind of like Neville, you know, falling over his own feet kind of thing. Yeah. And having to work so hard to get anything and then ended up working hard enough to be in charge of everything. <laughs> I can yeah, see I that. Yeah, I can though. see that. Yeah. He is a hard worker. Yeah. He's, like, probably, I don't... he's probably a pretty good finder, too. There you go. <laughs> a what? A pretty good finder. Uh, are good finders. Well, as an or, as a, as a dark wizard hunter, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would have to be. Ding, ding. We we have a, a volunteer in our class, and she brought in a book last week, and then she was sick a day. She came to me today, and she said, have you seen my book? And I said, no, it's not in the bookshelf. She said, no, it's not there. I said, well, did you look behind the bookshelf? Yeah, it's not there either. I said, well, all right, I'll, I'll look for it in a little bit. And we got all the way through class, and she came to me, and she said, I still can't find my book. And I said, well, did you look in the window where all of my books are? Maybe somebody put it up there. And she said, yeah, I looked in the window and I walked over and she'd looked in the wrong window. And I said, here it is. It's right in front. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad. And I said, Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. And she had no clue what I was talking about, <laughs> but it made me happy. So it was cool because <laughs> I wore my Hufflepuff shirt today to work. Oh, I always, I somehow, usually when I meet people somehow, I always put in some kind of like, just stupid um, Harry Potter Potter terminology just to see if they see if they know. I and... have one better for you. Okay. What? I have a test message that I send out. If I'm talking to somebody who said their mail blocked because they were hijacked and we've blocked them and we have to go in and clean out the redirect and rechange the password and unlock the account and everything. And then we send them a test message to make sure that they are getting their mail. And my test message is Stopping by the Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost, the whole poem. And at the very end of the message is Wit Without Measure is Man's Greatest Treasure. And people go, <laughs> I've heard that before. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, Harry Potter? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Luna? Does Luna ring a bell? <laughs> no, I just say Harry Potter. They're like, okay, a lot of them will read it down the bottom. They're like, what is that from? What is it? I know I know the Robert Frost poem. And I'm like, um <laughs> so every single test message that I send out has that at the very bottom, right above my name. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> this is kind of, of I don't know, more of it. I don't know how to like put this and you can delete it if if it doesn't come out right. But when my mother died, we were standing in the hospital room and I said, Well, they say that death is the next great adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone looked at me and yeah. I'm like it was Dumbledore. I had to use it. No, it's so, it was fitting. Okay. It was That's fitting. Right. I, I had no idea like, what I was talking about. I had the same knew, problem with and my. It made you feel better. That's yes, right. it That's all that I, I can't read canon right now. Like it's very hard, you know. Mm-hmm. given everything i i just i can't read about an orphan right now even though my dad you know my dad's still alive and everything like that it's not that i don't love him any less it's just like that whole the whole series is about the mother-child relationship and i just can't deal with it right now like i got the the second movie um of the seventh deathly hallows mm-hmm. haven't watched it i can't like i just cannot watch it right now so and like 
ABC Family had a weekend like yeah. there where they played all the movies, and I happened to flip it on when it was at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, and Sirius uh-huh. says to Harry, he's like, you know, we haven't lost those that we lo- we've loved that you know they're right here, basically like they're right here, or so- something along those lines. With and it was you. just like, yes, they're always with you, and I was like, Bleh! and I just started bawling. I'm like, this is not like my favorite series in the entire world, and I can't handle it. So, <laughs> well, like. It was always like if if I was stressed or if, or things at school were were hard or whatever, it was easy to to go and hide in this world, and I can't hide in it right now because it just creates emotions that I'm not You're not, not ready for. I, ready isn't the right word. It's just, I I don't want to cry and I don't want to you know be mopey and and I I want to live in in my mother's memory the best way possible and like I just don't. I, I don't want to be down and I don't want to read something that's going to make me upset, you know? Right. Like, yeah, I want, I wanted to see that extremely loud and incredibly close. Um, oh. But I was like, yeah, no, that, I can't do that right now. This is a big mm-hmm. no. So I'm guessing that you're reading a lot of trashy romance novels, huh? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm reading a ton <laughs> of trashy romances. <laughs> Granted, I read a lot in general. I read about 100 of them a year. It's still really, it's it's the easier things to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So Trashy romance in Downton Abbey. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Although the, not I, this last week's episode, but the one before where the mother has Spanish flu, that was a little hard. So Yeah, yeah. I agree with your, um, I think I even tweeted about it. I don't know if you're all Twitter. I was, I think I was just tired and I was flipping the channels on the TV and ran across the very end of Star Trek 11, the 2009 version, Mm -hmm. you know, with Chris Pine and, Mm -hmm. and right. And the very end of it, you know, Kirk goes aboard and they're going to leave. They're going to go start their five-year mission. And Leonard Nimoy does the voiceover. Right. And I burst into tears. And it was like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I am, because it just, I was. Spock, in this case, do yourself a favor. Put aside logic. Do what feels right. Since my customary farewell would appear oddly self serving, I shall simply say. Good luck. He's still you know. alive, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just that <laughs> whole series. And- but it was, the, you know, I was, my very first fandom was the original series for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those guys are ancient. They're in their 80s. You know, DeForest Kelly is already gone. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Bill and Leonard's 81st birthdays are the end of March. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> so to see, you know, to hear that, it was like, oh my god! <laughs> just I was, and I've seen the movie like I don't know ten times, and and it was just late at night, and I'm flipping, and I reached that, and it was like I need to go to bed. I this is this, this, there's no reason for me to be sitting here bawling my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Ryan is trying to draft me. For, no, no. For castle, no. He's no, not allowed. No, because he's not. He's just, re- he's just recording. He's not. No, I know. But I just, I am'd him right before I am'd you. February 22nd, 1993, 19 years ago, Babylon 5 premiered. Oh. 
Yeah. So and I'm like, good God, it's been 19 podcast. years. And he says, in fairness, I only came into it 17 years ago. We need to schedule our fifth season podcast. I'm considering drafting you. I said, no, I'm podcasting. <laughs> he says, later, and smiles at me. It's like, oh. <laughs> well, while we're You're in the middle of over. all of this for just a second, someone's at my door. I will be right back. When my grandfather passed away, I was in the, that was the, the about the same, it, he passed away in 1997. And grandmother died in 97. B5 was my fandom at that point. So the whole, you know, thing about passage of souls and all that stuff, I was, to wrap my brain around it, it was all B5 analogies. So so having Harry Potter analogies Try is not, not a. Try my bed all wet, would you? Well, oh, sounds like yeah. a personal problem, Sue. It's it's Bernie. Yeah. He's the, he's the wrong color. I was expecting Alex. Bernie hasn't been in my apartment in months. Hello, you Bernie. have a you have a dog that's been staying in your apartment. Uh, he doesn't care about the dog. He's cool with her. Okay. Alex is the one that doesn't like the dog. So one of the last things I'm dragging us back on topic. One of the last things that Dumbledore says is to to Remus is go back to Sirius and make maps. We need a map of Hogwarts and we need a map of the ministry. And so Dora's going to go do what she's supposed to do. And then she's going to go back and help. And the other two, Mad-Eye and Kingsley and all of them need to go back and add as many names as they can when they get a few minutes too. And so that's where, where we've gone. And Dumbledore is going to go and let people know that he's starting a war. <laughs> Basically is what he's decided to do. We're declaring war on the ministry and Voldemort. But Wow. And then Creature tries to kill Remus. And then Creature tries to kill Remus. He has poisoned the wolf's bane. With silver. Yeah. And Dora just catches it just as he's about ready to take a sip. And in the meantime, he snuck upstairs and he's attacked Buckbeak. So now Buckbeak's up there screaming and bleeding. And they've all rushed upstairs. You know, this is all happening so fast. It's because we've got... Remus almost poisoned and then Buckbeak going nuts. And while this is going down, we know from canon that Harry has called to find out if Sirius is okay and is told that Sirius is gone. Because, well, he told Sirius, Creature told him, and you'll see the description of Creature's fingers because of Buckbeak bites. Mm -hmm. And that's why they were wrapped up when he was talking to Harry. I, l I love how she just put the, all these little things. You're like, oh, oh, kind yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we have Snape appear in the middle of the room. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I see that you are not being tortured. How shocking. Oh, Bernie, do you mind? <laughs> yes. No, Mom, I don't. Apparently Go on. There's a paper bag on the floor. Not anymore. <laughs> now it's confetti. <laughs> oh. And, you know, they don't know what he's talking about. And he says that Dolores caught Potter in her office. You're given no choice, Potter. As this is an issue of ministry security, you leave me with no alternative. The Cruciatus curse ought to loosen your tongue. That's illegal. What Cornelius doesn't know won't hurt him. She wants me to give her Veritas serum, and they're like, you didn't? And he's like, of course I didn't. My stores are empty. Yeah. I was just saying, <laughs> because of that woman. Accepted. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, I told her to take a month to 
prepare. She was quite displeased. And Dora's like, but that's not even a lie. (laughs) I see you haven't had the pleasure of interacting with Dolores Umbridge yet. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, they let him know that they're coming for him and they ask him to keep an eye on him. And of course, you know, he's like, you know, Potter, he knows how to get out of these things. And they're like, put a summonings charm on him. Just keep him there. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't work. And, uh, you know, then, of course, somebody shows up and he has to go. And he's so sophisticated about the whole thing. I have to discontinue this conversation. Other students in my care have just arrived. Which means that... It's the DA. The or not D- the DA. It's no, the it's the... Inquisitorial squad. Barfing their guts up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now the three, Sirius and Remus and Dora, all at the... And they're like, we've been blindsided! What do we do? And they oh, just, no! Yeah. And we all know what's going to happen. We're like, I know. Don't let him go. I remember just when I first reading this, I was when I was reading it, I'm just like, please, no, 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 don't let him go, don't let him go, don't let him go. Okay, so I have to admit, and and it's a joke every Easter time or whatever. Every time we read the Passion, like on Good Friday and on Easter, I'm like, please let it be okay. Please let it be. I know how it ends. Like. Every time. Every year for the last 2,000. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be okay. But, One you of know. these times, it might change. It just I, might. You know, and if it does, I don't want to be around to hear it. <laughs> but yeah, so what, have, we, so what have you given up for Lent? Um, Fast food. That's a very good one. I'm proud of you. Yeah. And what have you given up for Lent? I'm not Catholic. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> I don't know how I give anything up. I gave up sandwich cookies, which is really bad because sitting next to me is an unopened one and a half pound package of duplex cookies that I now cannot touch. Stitch marker, where did you go? So I'm just going to leave them here to so they you. torment me. Right. Nice. Now, I said something good. She's been playing with it for a while now. Yeah. I'm try- really, I'm trying to give up chocolate. What, I don't know. Whatever you're playing with, Heather, you keep turning a page or playing with a candy wrapper or something. Sorry, I've, I'm opening a bag because I lost my stitch marker, so I need another one. Uh-huh. Oh, oh well, I'll pick uh, it up later. Stitch marker. Uh, let's see. My stitch markers are usually uh, waste yarn, um, rubber bands, uh, paper clips. I've used. Um, <laughs> else have i used uh oh one of them i was i could not find anything i used the handle of the you know the bulldog clips mm-hmm. <laughs> i used that until i found a stitch marker i mean <laughs> paper i have the little circles like the little colored circles that i use uh, just so i can like keep count of how many stitches i have really easily like i put them every 10 uh-huh. um yeah, yeah but if I, I if I can't find one, I'll just grab something. And, and well, I don't it. have much around me, so. No, I see. Yeah. I have a, a little zip, like, it's not, how do I put this? It's yeah. about the size of a camera case. Maybe one, and a, maybe one and a half times the size of your fist mm-hmm. that has all of my darning needles. And then I have a paper, uh, safety pin attached to it that has other safety pins and stitch markers and the scissors and everything are all connected. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I have a I have a big Ziploc bag full of stuff, and that's what was crinkling. So, so what are you making? Um, a vest. Nice. Oh. 
It's my first article of clothing, other than hats and scarves. And I was going to say, that's things. all I do is hats and scarves. So I have to say that I haven't picked up my knitting in probably a month. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. And I've carried it back and forth to work, you know, for but a now month. Now that she's got her Kindle, she plays instead of knits. You know what the problem is? I've discovered also with my Kindle. Mm. 3.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. It's 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> How does that happen? Why I'm not getting a lot of sleep? It's because of the Kindle. Uh, I don't know. I've been blogging, so knitting has been knitting and crocheting has been pretty Idle. active. So because I keep talking about the stuff I'm doing, and I keep wanting to finish it to show people. So well, you're on Ravelry, right? Yep. Ravelry is the place to go. We're friends on Ravelry. Yes, we are. <laughs> I have many, many things that I have on Ravelry. I'm just saying, I have Moraka. Why? Because he offended the knitters in the Ravelry. People got together and knitted him a sweater. Yeah. He said that all wool sweaters were itchy. Uh-huh. And they made him a sweater out of Pima wool, which mm-hmm. is like super, super soft. And it took a week and a half mm-hmm. to coordinate, buy yarn, knit it. And I think it was like three weeks after he said that, he yeah. actually got a sweater. Yeah, I think so, we all got one. It was really funny. Yeah, Carl got a scarf and Mo got a sweater. <laughs> I don't know what Peter got, a vest maybe, but it was really funny. And he, and he had a formal called in, I wish to, you know, make a formal apology. <laughs> what is he on that like he made the comment on? Wait, 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 wait don't, don't tell me. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> there were people in that knit in the audience. When he said that, they were like, oh, oh yeah. it was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> it was it, uh, it was like he declared war. It was kind of like Dumbledore saying, OK, we're going to go take over the school. Oh, you're Same trying to drag thing. us back on now, aren't you? I'm trying. Is it working? <laughs> a little Not bit. really. Well, he does enjoy knitting, a knitting pattern. So, you know. That's true. He does. <laughs> and knitting magazines. Yes. At least Mug- according to the movie. Well, no, he in, says in something book. in the book, too. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the the I'm using um Barocco vintage. Mm-hmm. I love this stuff. It's so nice and soft and I can't wait to wear the sweater. I am a fan of um Sue, you so lost it. I know. That's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get back to it really quick. I'm a fan of Cascade two twenty wool. I like I was checking it out and it felt scratchy and I talked to the people at my yarn store and they were like, you know, once you wash it and you go in, it, it gets a little, you know, it softens yeah. up. It softens up like nobody's business. It does. Uh, it does. It, it, it so, may feel a little rough when you're when you're knitting on it, but it softens up really, well, really well. I'm making um a, a Hogwarts scarf or for, I'm sorry, I can't talk. Um, for my boss's daughter for her graduation gift mm-hmm. and like obviously the i have the charm knits it recommends cascade 220 right like is it good for like an outdoory scarf like it doesn't smell yes. if you're wearing no. it or anything like nope. that no, nothing like that it doesn't okay. smell it, no not at all because i was debating between i'm sorry one more thing i was debating between that and um the plymouth encore because i was going to make a hat and and um like wrist wristlets and stuff like that so i figured if i, I just got it all i will tell you one major thing mm-hmm. okay you always have to remember who you're knitting it for yeah if you're knitting it for someone who's going to take it and throw it in the wash machine do not make it out of wool 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, she's a teenager. I think it would be better if I went with. If if you are if you're making it for somebody who is going to beat it up, who's going to take their mittens or their gloves and their hat and throw it in the washing machine if they get dirty or something, make it out of Encore okay. because it's a blend. And I love Encore. I've made baby sweaters out of Encore. You don't want to make any if if it's 100 percent wool. I do not make anything that's 100 percent wool for someone who I know is not going to take care of it. Okay. Okay. In, in, in fact, most of the stuff that I make that's 100% well, either I keep or it goes to someone else who knits because they yeah. know how to wash it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Everything else is a blend <laughs> or yeah. an okay. acrylic. <laughs> okay. okay. So that's At the all. the risk of continuing to lose this podcast. No, no. That's it. That's all we have. That's it. No, okay. no, no. And I have a question. Okay. Good. What hell scarf are you making? I'm making, um, she wants Gryffindor. I'm making that one. And I think I might get some stuff to make me a Hufflepuff one. Yeah. Are so, you doing, I love my it Hufflepuff a, Is it a knit one, pearl one, just rib? No, is I'm going to, I'm so I'm going to kind of combine the, just the stockinette from the one, the year one, two with um, the rose from the three, four. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to join it with a mattress stitch. Okay. And then put nice, ta- um, like, fringe on the end because i don't like the fringe that they put on the three four one so i'm kind of like combining the two but i like the the three four pattern with a little yes do you really brought this together i noticed and i'm totally lost i have no clue what she's talking about well i I don't even know i would i would rather and i haven't made a striped house scarf okay Mm -hmm. but instead of doing in the round or flat and then doubling it. Yeah. Because I have done that and I didn't like it. I did not like how it felt. It was too okay. thick. It just felt too bulky, especially when you're doing with worsted weight yarn. It's just too thick. If, but if you okay. if you do a knit one, pearl one rib, it'll look like it's stockinette. Yeah. And it will stretch and it will be, it won't be too thick and it won't be too thin. Okay. Okay. And it's a lot of ribbing. I know it's a lot of ribbing. Yeah. <laughs> but but it feels better. And it's easier. You can you don't have to worry about sewing it up afterwards and it just and it they, it seems like it wears better. Okay. Okay. It drapes better because of it because it is a rib, you know. It just it I don't, I don't know. What no, to tell I, you. I thank you cuz like Everyone I've read on Ravelry that's made one, they're making it in that kind of combined style. But to hear actually someone propose the, the ribbing, I'll I'll take that into account. Okay. So when I mean year one and year two, like it's the blocks of color. So it was like yes. the red, gold, red, gold. Yeah. And then the th- uh, this is for Sue and, and Trisha. Like the three, four is like they had the two thinner like nice. accent colors mm-hmm. in the movie. instead of yeah. the blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I just posted in Potter Thick Weekly Facebook saying, I've lost control of the podcast. We are now no longer a Harry Potter podcast. We are knitting cast. I'm really sorry, folks. Prepare for the knitting. It's about Harry Potter. That's right. <laughs> We're knitting for Harry Potter. Yes, yes, we are. Yes. We are. Okay. But we have people. And considering the amount of knit so, goods that are in Harry Potter, I don't think. That's too far off the track. <laughs> I want a Weasley sweater at some point, so. I, you know, you have all those little scraps of yarn from uh-huh. your other stuff. I have directions for a Weasley sweater ornament. Oh, okay. I've seen those. Yeah, I have, yeah. The, I have the directions. And they're, they're really quick, and you, you can use just the, your scraps of yarn. You don't have to, like, think, oh, God, I got to buy, you know, eight 
balls of yarn. <laughs> you can just use the scraps. Awesome. Yeah. Trisha's already commented. <laughs> what did she say? Snore. She's probably saying, mm. hey, this is not at least a monologue where, you know, not Ryan's talking about something for Babylon 5 oh, for 20 minutes. And Mo Rock is tweeting. I love it. Okay, we're Uh-oh. going back to Fern. Fernity, yes, there we go. I'm dragging us back. We're way off course. Sirius is searching for Creature, who is not there. Can't figure out where he is. Mad-Eye shows up to uh, tell him about about Bella. Yeah, he's he's figured out where Bella was. Nobody's at the Malfoys. It's completely empty. I wonder where they could be. Shacklebolt says that Narcissa's at the Ministry because... She was over uh, talking to Fudge, saying how glad she was that Hogwarts is now under better ministry control, and she hoped that some of this will go on at St. Mungo's as well. Wait, wait, wait. What? Bella. Bella? Not Bella. Narcissa. Narcissa. You said Bella. Shacklebolt says that Narcissa's at the ministry. Bella was talking to Fudge? Wait a minute. (laughs) No, no, no. Moody found where Bella was staying because he could right. smell the perfume. Yeah, but you said Bella was talking to Fudge. <laughs> and I was oh, like, I'm sorry. What? He was trying to sum up. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I just I just had a Princess Bride moment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I did too. Let me explain. Let me no, up. no, take too long. <laughs> Let me sum up. <laughs> Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. All right, this is so bad, and I know I shouldn't do this, but I listened to the Judge John Hodgman podcast, and Mm -hmm. today's, the one that I listened to today, there were two people, that it's a married couple, one wants to go to one wedding, one wants to go to the other wedding, and Judge has to figure out whose wedding they're going to go to, and he totally started the whole podcast with a Princess Bride line, (laughs) and neither one of them knew what it was from, (laughs) and he totally said... Go watch Princess Bride. We'll wait. Come back in two hours and we'll talk. <laughs> and he, he did that. Do, 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 so, okay, okay, try to bring this back. Wait. So I happen to be listening to the podcast that are out right now for Away from the Sun. And we were ta- we had the whole vomit conversation. And then <laughs> I was watching. talked about vomit? We did. <laughs> but no, but it, it, made, it was like on my mind. And then there I am watching the sixth Harry Potter movie. And she's like, I think I'm going to go vomit. And I was like, Trisha, where are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her body's like, I think I'm gonna go vomit when when Ron and yes. Lavender are making out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Trisha, do you like vomit in movies too or just in fix? As long as I don't see it, I'm fine, but I wanna hear it. So <laughs> Do you do you I follow don't Jules? Do yeah, you follow really. do, you, do, you fo- <laughs> do you follow Jules on Live Journal? <laughs> Yeah, Jules on Facebook. Who woke up to a vomiting child at two a.m. And one of the comments. That's horrible. That's horrible. One of the comments was, "It's better." That one of her comments on Live Journal was, "Somebody had they had spaghetti. It was like spaghetti night on Saturday and Sunday morning." 
the little girl climbed into bed with mom and dad and mommy's like, boy, you stink. And she had, she had vomited during the night and had spaghetti in her hair and all over oh, the front of her no. and, and had thrown up and then fallen back asleep. So it was all over the bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor baby. Oh. We're way off course. Okay. Anyway, so. Wow, this <laughs> totally go off on a wild tangent. We were doing knitting so good to too. vomit. Yeah. Wait, knitting to Prince's Bride to vomit. Vomit. Yes. Okay. There's our episode title. Oh, <laughs> Prince's Bride to vomit. And it doesn't have anything to do with the fic. No. <laughs> no. Was it supposed to? Wait a minute. Oh no. Okay. Can we finish out this poor chapter? Yeah, well, yes. does have does fight a wave wave of nausea when they go. Oh, that's true. Oh well, they'll tie it in. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so we have all right. They're there talking. Dora's trying to make Wolf Spain, and all of a sudden, Snape's back, and he's like, "Potter's missing." And they're like, "What, <laughs> what do you mean he's missing?" The headmistress never returned from the forest with him. The forest? When did he? It's been hours. Snape's <laughs> so like, I know. Is Dumbledore there yet? No, he's going to be here at 10 o'clock. Well, dang. Granger and Potter, for some incomprehensible, there's a big word, incomprehensible reason, found it necessary to convince Dolores Umbridge to take them into the Forbidden Forest. I uh, imagine Lord. their intent was to escape. No, duh. <laughs> Thank you, Snape. You're telling us this, you know. Captain Obvious, Captain Obvious. Has, has arrived. <laughs> oh. There was apparently a scuffle with hmm. my students. Really? No way. No way. So not only have they got their own wands back and Potters and Grangers, but now they're gone. And I love this. No so way. He has his wand and an army. Yeah. Serious ass. And Snape says, I would hardly call five students an army. And I'm yelling at the text editor going, I would. <laughs> and uh, like the remaining Weasleys, Ranger, Longbottom, and the love good girl. Yeah, that's it. We're leaving. Peace you know, out. They, just, just one third of that would cause havoc. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Gosh, they are in a good mood tonight. We'd have been in trouble. But uh, Sirius is like, okay, I'm going to. Yeah, because Snape says leave Black to tell Dumbledore, and and Sirius like, like hell. Yeah. And yeah. Well, it's not like Snape can do anything. He's incognito. Yeah. Yeah, he can't. He he, he would not be able to help at all. Yeah. Well, he would. I can just see him in the background, you know, curling his lip like. It just smells something awful, dirty. like vomit. Okay, so Remus is actually the one who says everybody goes. Yeah, because he's the second in command under Dumbledore, and he's yep. already had this discussion with Dumbledore about whether or not he can send people into danger, and he's got to. Yeah, you know, it's Harry, and he says we need every hand. Everybody goes, so Sirius goes too, and on we go to the Ministry. Mists We've got and mists and mirrors, and you have to love Bella in this. Well, you don't really have to, but you know. 
know, she's she's jinxed the the lift. So they're stuck in the lift and they've got her voice. So instead of the helpful little second floor <laughs> lingerie, third floor voice, we have Bella, you know, sing-songing <laughs> her way through this. I'm sorry, but I absolutely love... Are you being served? No, I absolutely loved... Alastor Moody constantly vigilant <laughs> <It's bad>. <laughs> <laughs> through the visitor's entrance. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> it's like, I need one of those. I know. Can I have one? <laughs> we need to make one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That just that just made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it made me laugh too. So we have Bella, Bella's voice coming out. Uh, Four little boys and one little girl aren't they cute? Rushing in, or sneaking about where they don't belong? They're all in such trouble now. Uh-huh. And the lift screeches to a halt, caught between floors. They're all thrown to the ground, and Dora's like, she's redone all the spells. And we get Bella's voice coming back. What should we do with them? Let's make them fall. And the lift starts to plummet. And they're all like, whap. And you can just see them. They're all on the floor of the lift because they've fallen. And now they're like floating because it's dropping so fast. And yeah. It's like when you get on the elevator, you, you jump <laughs> kind of thing. You're like kind of like suspended there for a little bit. It's kind of fun. Okay. Sorry. Just me. Let's go on. <laughs> So they finally get the lift stopped and they stop her spells and they look out and, and we have Moody. Vigilance! A yeah. closed box. Enemies around. Bloody brilliant we are. <laughs> We're wasting time. And that was the object. And it took them, you know, 30 minutes to get down there. So that's, you know, so now they're way behind. No wonder that the kids it took them so long for the kids to get Well, down. I want to know where the stairs are. Hello? Fire exit! Yeah, well, that's what Moody just said. Stupid <laughs> us. And, uh, but, well, the stairs have disappeared into a slope a slope of slick marble. Well, so? That's a slide! Yeah. But How are you going to stop? Heaven knows what's at the bottom. Well, that's what you have, that's what you have cushioning charms for. They get the stairs back because they weren't charmed. They were transfigured. Right. And when they get to the bottom, there's a uh, crystal and, and a cunt. I should know this as the herbologist. A cunt. Aconite. 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 Leaves. Well, you know what aconite leaves are. It's yeah. wolfsbane, isn't it? Yeah. And so. Yeah. It's wolfsbane. It's, it's wolf's to mane. stop Remus. Right. It's to get him to cut it open his feet and then walk on the leaves. That's why you have broken crystals. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then they. They end up in this, like, almost maze where they're jumping from stone to stone. And when they jump off of it, they feel like they're being burned. Yeah. And, you know, Dora's like, well, the heck with this. I'm going to fall off this stupid rocks anyhow. So she jumps in and she screams. But she says, it's not real. It's not really burning me. It just feels like it's burning me. So they they all jump in and start wading their way (laughs) through this, even though it hurts like hell. And the freeze, the flame freezing charms don't work, and it's almost like a stinging spell. Yeah, and yeah. it's all in their mind, basically. Mm-hmm. So then the fire disappears, and all of the their robes, you know, stop looking like they're burnt and everything, and they they catch their breath and they can hear voices. We've got them; they're here, and they're in this the circular room with all the doors, and they don't know which which door to go into. Yep. Are they still on fire? <clears throat> 
No, because that, that ended it, as soon as the bell ended. Right. And they hear Harry, and they hear a girl's voice, and they pretty much... It's probably Hermione. Yeah. Because Hermione is the one that was injured with the spell. Mm-hmm. And they hear, Ron, no! Yep. And they just start looking. They start going from room to room to room. And I wonder if that one was the one when Ron um, Asio the, the brain. Brains. Yeah, it was. It was. Brains. And yeah, so they they find themselves in a room that looks like it's been hit by a hurricane. Parchment is everywhere. The grandfather clocks are sprawled across the floor. Glass yeah, the, the time, time turners. turners are broken. And at one point, they stumble across a ghost, and she's um, absolutely no help. <laughs> they find the um, the prophecy room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And it's interesting about the different like things. Blown they, to pieces. They go through the planet room, right? And they hear a stupefied. Stu- oh. Excuse me, do you hear stupefied, stupefied? Because it's Neville. Neville. That's mm-hmm. Neville. And his, his nose is broken. Yeah. Right. And they break in, and you hear Neville, you know, don't give it to him, Harry, don't give it to him. <laughs> and they got to get in there, and they hear screams, and they're trying to break down the door, and, you know, they just keep hitting it together. Finally, they get in there, and Neville's cl- curled on the floor with Bellatrix standing over him and harry's got the the orb in his hand and they start dueling and we have this mad fight and we have it from you know their perspective remus's perspective rather than harry's but it's pretty much all the same and i love i love dora who comes across to bella who's knocked to the ground and she says this is for all the brothers and sisters i never had and she kicks bella squarely in the jaw i love it so and lucius is fighting remus all this stuff's going on. We've got Protegos and Patrificus Totalises and Dora gets knocked down and she falls pretty hard and ends up getting hurt pretty bad. And Remus runs over to see how how she is and he's like, I, I have you all heal you and she's like, Battle, go back to the battle. Right. And he looks up and he's like, Uh yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> you know? She's like, Go, I love you, go And he runs back in and he yells at Harry to go get the rest of them. And Harry immediately obeys. And he says he knows that Harry must be really tired if he's obeying, obeying immediately. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> Sorry. I just, wait, wait, wait. I just have this image of um, the one podcast, what I guess it was for Nightmare Futures Past, when, when Ryan was talking about Harry and, and all the kids running around the lake. I'm sorry. It was just like, you know, if he'd been running around the lake, he wouldn't be so tired. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They've been doing their exercises. <laughs> we need we get a, a track team? Yeah. Oh. Sorry. We've got Lucius standing in front of the veil and the voice in Remus's head is push him in. Push him through it. Just do it. And he tries to argue with the voice in his head and he just, you know, he's not sure, but he starts flinging stunning spells at him and trying to knock him back into the veil. And he's all ready to do it. He's, he's kind of herded him to the front of the veil and he's just ready to hit him with a spell that's going to knock him through. When we hear Neville's shout of, Dumbledore! <laughs> Dumbledore! And he misses his chance. 
And so then we have Bella and Sirius dueling and Sirius saying, come on, you can do better than that. And she hits him with a stunning spell right in the chest and he falls backwards. And Remus raises his wand to catch him, but it just, there's not enough time. And I, I love this line. Remus raised his wand to catch him before he fell, but there was no time. It happened both slowly and quickly. He was there and then he was gone. And then we have Harry going nuts. Yep. Screaming, Sirius, and Remus trying to hold him, and, Sir and yeah, poor Harry. He's not gone. He's here. He's here. He is not dead. But he knows. He knows that if he'd been screaming that loud, Sirius would have come if he right. wanted. Mm -hmm. And now he's just keening. He's just making these miserable keening sounds as Remus takes him down to Neville. And, yeah. And poor Neville. I'm really sorry. Was that man a friend of yours? Neville. Neville, too. No. And they start, you know, they're going to go get the rest of the kids. And Neville's telling them where where everybody is. A brain attacked Ron, but I think he's all right. And Hermione's unconscious, but we could feel a pulse. And Bella takes off. And there goes Harry. And, of course, we have an author's note saying that, obviously, the dialogue and action sequence have been taken from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Written by J.K. Rowling, which hopefully if you're reading this, you know all of that. But it's always good to have a little disclaimer in there. Yep. And notice that it's not the way that the action was written by uh, anyone else. <laughs> because obviously the version that we saw in the movie was a little different because there was no AK thrown at Sirius. There was a stunning spell. And so we move to chapter 37, Safe Havens. And we've got Remus heading after Harry, but Dumbledore stops him. And Remus is like, but, but he's mine. He's James's. He's Lily's. And Dumbledore's like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. And so off Dumbledore goes. And Remus looks at the, the wreckage. And he's just like, all right, Kingsley's coming around. And he can watch the Death Eaters. And Moody's beside Dora, healing some of her injuries. And Neville's trying to get there. And Remus goes down because he's the second in command. And he he needs to he needs to take care of this so and he sees <laughs> kisses dora what were you gonna say watches watch out for the braids yeah neville <laughs> just watch out for the brains they're kind of scary and uh, ron's you know hurting because he's got attacked by the brains and hermione's really hurt they can't wake her up and remus doesn't want to tell him that that's the spell that killed his uncles mm. yeah so at least she was smart you know like because she silenced him. Yeah, she didn't take the full brunt of it. Right. Yeah. Fabian and Gideon. Gideon. Yes. I could not remember Gideon's name last night. I was like, is it Gabriel? Is it? <laughs> I could not remember what it was. Gideon. They're feeling sorry for themselves, the kids. You know, they think they caused all this. And Moody, of course, says, I don't want to say this many more times tonight, but you guys can toss the blame in the Death Eaters direction. And Luna's right. like, well, I was the one that got the Thestrals, and Ron got the wands, and Hermione got him away from Umbridge, and, well, Neville didn't do anything but help us. <laughs> <laughs> Neville's like, I wanted to come. <laughs> blame me. Blame something five. on me. <laughs> yeah, blame me for something. And Remus okay, is expecting Sirius's voice to, like, answer, and all of a sudden he realizes Sirius isn't there anymore. Right. <gasps> yeah. It's really hard. Like, it's hard, like, when you go to turn or you go to pick up a phone and say, and talk to someone and they're not there anymore to talk to. Yeah. Like, it, mm -hmm. it is just 
gut-wrenching. Like, that is probably one of the worst things that I'm going through right now, is I can't pick up the phone and tell my mom about the minutia that's happening in my life, you know, that I did every day, you know, since I went to college and, and moved away and didn't see her anymore, like, didn't see her when I woke up, you know, it's, it is so hard just to not talk to them, be able to talk to them. Yeah. And you do, you expect to hear their voice. You expect to to share something with them or you expect to have them share something with you and all, and it's not there. Oh, I don't know. Paula has conversations with her father while she's in the bathroom. Her father passed away a week before Gene Roddenberry did in 91. (laughs) So, and she still has conversations with him. It's like, okay, what did he say? Tell him I said hi. (laughs) It's cool to talk to him, but if he's answering back, then you might want to worry to say here. Yeah. You might want to lay off the, (laughs) the, the funny rolled cigarettes. (laughs) No, there's nothing wrong with that though. No, no, there's not. Not at all. As long as you're not saying, the voices in my head told me to do this, that would be bad. Yeah, that would be bad. (laughs) (laughs) You laugh. I listen to those those voices sometimes. They're kind of fun. They make life interesting. They do make life interesting. Yes, they do. Yes, the voices in my head told me to rob the bank. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't want to listen to those. (laughs) So the... uh, the Aurors show up, and of course it's Williamson and Dollish. <clears throat> and King's is like, hey, look who we found, and guess who was here? And they're like, yeah, Fudge saw, saw him too. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Okay, how many times have you seen this movie, and every time we get to the scene where Fudge comes in and he says, he's back. And the whole, everybody goes, no, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. shit, Sherlock. I mean, yes. <laughs> what was your first clue? God. We only have been telling you this for a year. I remember watching that in the theater, and he comes, and the whole, we're the packed theater. And he comes in, he goes, he's back. And everybody in the theater went, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Snorted. <laughs> oh no. The snorts oh, have happened. God. So, uh, snorts good. Yep. So Remus heads to Hogwarts to uh check in mm. and uh, he ends up in his old office which Dolores has been using and everything yes. is covered with lace and bows and plates with badly painted cats. And it just makes him teary. I really <laughs> do still think and i think john noe brought it up i think that the kitten that we saw on the wall that went through the kitty door went to report mm-hmm. oh yeah that's how i always thought too yeah. it's the spy kitty the spy kitty <laughs> yeah spy kitty <laughs> yep i mean i like cats too but those things freak me out man you should and and sue will attest to this mm-hmm. having seen it in person oh yeah yeah it's like oh my god <laughs> You know, they weren't moving in person, but still. It was creepy. (laughs) You know that they had way too much fun going out and looking for the worst kitten plates and cat plates that they could find. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it would be fun to be a set designer. Like, the creativity of just, like, doing something like that, like, I want it to be completely awful. Like, where can I find the most completely awful? Well, and it really helps when you're set, when you're given a checkbook that says, blank on it yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know <laughs> don't go crazy but 
don't you don't have to buy the cheapest thing in the house. Yeah, don't skimp either. <laughs> right. So they're taking the kids back to Madame Pomfrey. That's why Remus is here. And poor Pomfrey's asleep at her desk. And all of a sudden she uh, jumps up and she looks at Hermione and Dora and says, they need to be in St. Mungo's. Right. And Remus says, yeah, but Dumbledore said they need to be here. And Harry's up in his office, but he's not injured. I'm fine. I wasn't even hit, says Remus. And she says, yeah, you were. And the full moon's coming. And have you taken your potion? And he's like, hmm. Did I take my potion tonight? I don't even remember. So, and yeah, he tells her not to call Tonks Nymphadora because she doesn't like that. Yeah. Um, and then he pretty much just zones out. Well, he's in shock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, everything's he, he's done with every, he has nothing else really he has to do. You and know, now it's, it's just. It's that whole thing of being strong until you're done and then you just fold up like mm-hmm. a chair. Yeah. Yeah. And does it all does it all the time. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happened. And Ted's arrived and Andromeda's arrived and they're talking to him and everybody and letting you know, kind of figuring out what's going on where and how everybody is. And Dora's being transported to Saint Mungo's and Remus wants to go with her. So he goes and Doris, you know, she sleeps all day. And yeah. he stays as long as he can until the full moon and then he pretty much has to go and he's planning on just staying in St. Mungo's for the full moon but she wakes up enough to say don't be in chains just don't do it and so he ends up in the shrieking shack which is like the last place he thought he'd be but right that's where he ends up and then we change chapters once more we're getting close guys woohoo we're making good time yeah we are making pretty good time even though we're talking about knitting and mm-hmm. Vomit. And he doesn't know how she knew, but there's a tabby cat waiting for him in the Shrieking Shack. Yeah. I love my normal. I know it. And, you know, he says, you don't need to do this. And she scowls at him. <laughs> yeah. And he says, you know, I should send you away. I'm larger than a cat. And she doesn't respond. And he's finally says, thank you. And she turns away so that he can get undressed and waits. And we have the twins who have, because of course this is an interlude chapter. Right. The last interlude. They're reading about. Reading the, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And we have the, why nobody listened to Albus Dumbledore. <clears throat> That's a good article. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm about to get political, but. I think the GOP has been writing in the Daily Prophet. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Newt Gendrich, and I approve this message. <laughs> you know, this is going to be like a year and a half later when this comes out. They're going to go, huh? I know. Yeah, I know. Okay, anyhow. So, I can have a, I can have all kinds of information, uh, a discussion about the Texas Board of Education too, but I don't think we're going to get into that. <clears throat> it's just easier that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're uh, talking about their brother and Bill's uh, powers of uh, the older brother powers, you know, that involves different things. And Bill says that if they tried tr- flying Charlie's broom, they'd turn green and grow webbed feet. <laughs> so we've got the quibbler they're talking about the quibbler and i love this I, i'm sorry i'm going to jump back to too bad i didn't think of this earlier uh, though i suppose old lord thingy because they won't name him mm-hmm. wouldn't have bothered to show up just for us and fudge would still have his head in his 
sandpit. In French, Flora said, we would not say sandpit. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we would call it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, well, what's going to happen to Dad? And, yeah, Dad will be fine. The last thing Fudge will want to do at the moment is get rid of people who are loyal to Dumbledore. It would look bad for him. Well, and, and what is he going to – he's in a very low-level department. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's an or. you know. Then there's somebody at the door, and it's Percy. Percy. And I love Bill. For God's sake, Percy, if you're coming in, come in. And he says, you know, I just want to know if they're okay. Because they don't name names in the paper. They just say friends of Harry Potter's. <laughs> of course he knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two seriously injured Hogwarts fifth years who've been in the company of Harry Potter. Let me think. Yeah. Hmm. Who could it be? Could it be? They're like, <laughs> yeah, he's got some scars on his arm. Something about a brain. And Percy's like, yeah, he doesn't want to know that I asked. Just thank you for telling me. I'll go now. And they're, you know, the twins are just back there scowling at him and just wishing him away. Percy has a clue. He's getting per- Percy has a clue. Percy got a clue when he when he overheard Umbridge and Fudge talking mm-hmm. and, and he knew that something that he didn't agree with was going on, but he feels trapped Oh yeah, because he's afraid to step up and say anything because he doesn't want his father being hurt mm-hmm. himself being hurt. Mm-hmm. He just wants, he's really got his head in the sand. He does not want anything bad to happen to people. But he doesn't want to do. He 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 doesn't think he can do anything to stop it. Right. So he's just gonna, he's gonna ignore it as much as he can. Yeah. yeah. Someone's breathing into their microphone. Yeah, I think it's Heather. Okay. Sorry. Do you Did really you know think was... his head is in the sand? Yes, it's my nose. Do you really think his <laughs> head think... in the sand, or do you I... think that he's just between an, a, ro- a rock and a hard place? I, I think would he's... think more during the fifth book his head was in the sand because he was completely ignoring you know everything but i don't you know i don't think he's ignoring things per se i just think he doesn't know what steps to take to rectify situations without making things worse i think it's not a i think he's deliberately ignoring things hoping they don't get worse there's a difference between having your head in the stand and being totally clueless like fudge who is going out of his way and is ignoring things that are very important. Percy is ignoring things that are important, but he is consciously, he, he knows what's going on, but he's pretending like he's got his hands over his eyes when he doesn't. Well, he I knows what's going on. It, he, I, he is catching a clue. I think he's still, he's still leaning towards the, I really like the power I have at the ministry. I like where I'm at. Right. They're not quite doing what they should be doing, but but he's still concerned about his family too, even yeah. if he doesn't know how to show it, and even if he's, you know, and it, his girlfriend's already dumped him, and right? Told him to take his head out of his sand pit. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> thanks, Fleur. We needed that word. <laughs> and then we jump back to Hogwarts. I think the kids are talking, and we've got Dean Thomas who has come in and is talking to them, and. He said, Sprout came up to find out if we knew anything. And they're like, Sprout? What would Sprout be doing? And he's like, while everybody else was gone, Sprout was the only one left. (laughs) This is true. So Ginny tells Dean everything. And we jump to the 
Grinnings group, and we've got Joe and all of them talking, and they're missing Remus. Well, excuse me, his name wasn't Remus. And Dora, and... You know, trying to put it all together and they they thought they'd send a note, but they're already gone. She stopped by, Miriam stopped by to see the landlady and, and the landlady's like, you know, if I rent this place again, I'm going to get a long-term lease. And they're a little confused about that because they thought Dora and Remus lived there for a really long time, but they're not really sure. So they, they think it was just the landlady being a little off. Yeah. And there's no forwarding address because, you know, Raymond and paperwork. They're probably yeah. in Timbuktu, but they, you know, they're wishing them well, at least. Yeah. And well, and then you go to Remus has transformed. Yeah. And Minerva is starting to have second thoughts about this. <laughs> She's like, oh, he could eat me. <laughs> yeah. And she's never actually been transferred. Well, that's not true, though, because she was transformed all day the day no, that she's um, never, she's never transformed. And let her cat instinct take over. Right. But she I guess, she was transformed all day the day that okay. Harry got delivered to Privet Drive. Cause, yeah, but, but that was 15 years ago. Yeah, but this makes it sound like she's never been transformed for a long time before. And, and that's not necessarily true. Well, she was reading the newspaper cat. That's true. Yes. She's not really sure what to do, but she's here because of... You know, James and Sirius were her favorites, even though you're not supposed to have favorites. And this is her tribute to Sirius. She's here to be with Remus as her tribute to Sirius. And there's this great big gray wolf looking at her. And in my mind's eye, I actually see a gray wolf. I don't see that thing that they made for the movies because that was not a wolf. Yeah, I know. That was not. I was very disappointed in that. Yeah. And so she, she jumps up on his back and kind of lets her, her presence in her body because he's chewing on himself. He's just tearing at himself, which is what he does. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And she just kind of stretches out over him and. Well, she's trying to distract him. And yeah. They both kind of fall asleep. And she's, she's not going to go to sleep because, you know, that's not a good idea. You don't know what's going to happen if you fall asleep with the wolf. Yeah. And I mean,. Well, if he does fall asleep, um, hmm, doesn't he come back naked to be yeah. lying on him naked? No. <laughs> Just his feet, his hands. Well, he's on his freaking back. Well, did, yeah, but then she moved down and crossed his paws. Up. He could, we she's, should roll over, you know. In cat form, it would be fine. Okay. <laughs> Don't go there. Okay, try not to. Well, and he woke her up before dawn anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Tonks, who's wandering through her parents' house, not able to sleep, worried about Remus, because the Wolfsbane potion didn't get drank in a routine manner, and he's finally got a little bit of rest, but not very much, and yeah. And her mom comes downstairs. She says, I didn't mean to wake you. And her mom's like, yeah, it's almost sunrise anyhow. So they make some breakfast, and they talk. And she wants to know if her mom's okay. And, you know, they, she's she's grieving. But at least she got to spend some time with him before he died. Yeah. And she's really happy about that. And, of course, Lucius has stolen their thunder. They don't get to go after Narcissa because he's said that he's imperiused her. And Whatever. that's why she went and, you know, attacked Dudley. Yeah. Nobody believes B.S. It. B.S. I call a whole... Heckload of BS. Shenanigans <laughs> here, yeah. Shenanigans. 
But Dora says it was all for nothing. And she says, no, it was for a chance to spend a lot of hours with someone I love who I wouldn't have seen otherwise. And I'd have lost him without knowing him again. It was worth it. Now we've got Creature alone in number 12 again, bound by the limits of the property now. So they've actually got him where he's trapped. Fucking, whoa! You want to do that one one more time, Kelly? Where we I said, oh, fucking well, creature. <laughs> <laughs> He's still stuck there. Oh, well. Mm -hmm. Life is a bitch and then you don't die. Yeah. <laughs> and get your head mounted on the wall. Right. But we've got poor Buckbeak who's waiting at the door for Sirius to come back and he's not there. And we have... His mother weeping behind the closed veils of the curtains. She wasn't going. Was the last of the line. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can understand why she she was weeping, but being the bitch that she is, I'd be. I'm like, I'm surprised she's like, ding dong, the witch is dead, the witch is dead. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you it was very conflicted. Mm -hmm. She was very conflicted about that. All right. She may have hated him, but I don't think she wanted him dead. I mean, that's true. I mean, there is some motherly instinct, however minute. <laughs> minute is the word. Yes. I think it shriveled up and died a long time ago. And then we move to the epilogue. Yay! Epilogue! We made it. We have. And we have Remus, who is looking for the spot near... He's up in Godric's Hollow, and he's looking for the spot near the Potter's house where Sirius... <sighs> once kind of hid when he ran away and he's you know looking carefully and making sure that he's got the right spot i mean he re he's remembering and sirius had said i always remember the night i ran away it was cold and raining outside and it was night but i was warm when i went in and it was dry and all the torches were burning and they all smiled and welcomed me right and so he has transformed this little stone dog and he's going to put it there as a remembrance because they have nothing. They don't have ashes. They don't have a body. They don't have a way to really have a funeral mm -hmm. because they have nothing. He went through the veil. That was it. That sucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they found this rock and he drew sketches. Remus drew sketches and they, they made this rock, this dog for him. And he sinks it deep into the ground. And of course, Mrs. Black is angry. Now she's ticked off at him she she doesn't call him the wolf or whatever she used to call him now she accuses him of sending Sirius off to die it's all Remus's fault you know mm. has nothing to do with the rest of her family that planned the whole thing no 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 it's all Remus's fault couldn't couldn't do that yeah I no, mean, it wasn't a... it wasn't Bella's fault that she hit him with a stunning no 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 spell and threw him into the veil no it wasn't her fault Remus made her do it. So he says goodbye to little Padfoot, tells him how much he's going to miss him, but that it's warm and dry ahead and the torches are burning and people will be there to welcome him. And don't worry about Harry. I won't let him down. I'll be there. And he's finally, he leaves and he finally feels better. He's cleansed, but empty. And he goes to Diagon Alley outside the twin shop because that's going to be the, it's the temporary headquarters for the mm -hmm. order. Yeah. It just kind of happens that way. Can't use Kermold. No. Yeah, because it's compromised now. Everybody's right. its own secret keeper, from what I remember. And they, he calls the meeting to order, and he says, okay, the Hogwarts Express is coming back tomorrow, and we need to talk about Harry. And pretty much they come up with a plan. They are going to talk to the Dursleys, and they're going to huh. tell them what's what. 
Oh, oh yeah, boy. Arthur. And I love Arthur who says, well, I'll, I'll start the conversation because they know me. They've already had dealings with me. Yeah, they thinking, sure have. Oh, yeah. They remember <laughs> you blew up the fireplace and you fed Dudley a ton, ton toffee. This is not a good start. No, no, no. So they all gather. They start gathering there at, you know, 2.15. I'm sorry. I'm like, who in the hell was wearing the... I thought, oh, wait a minute. Who was <laughs> yeah, wearing the what? The, 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 um, the balaclava. And for those of you who don't know what a balaclava is, it's also a helmet, a.k.a. ski mask, etc., etc. I like Dora. Do you think pink is wrong? You know, not serious enough? I just thought he'd recognize me. And he was like, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> It'll piss Petunia off. And she's like, ooh, that's a good idea. Let's see. 1996 pink. Punk, yeah, mm-hmm. and and of course the twins have shown up in their green dragon high jackets, and Remus thinks that they've been <laughs> struck blind because they are whoa, <laughs> burning your eyes out there. I love it. Kingsley's going out to talk to Lucius, or he'd be there. Lucius is telling him all kinds of stuff. Of course, about one word in ten is true, but he's loving the sound of his own voice and blathering on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, there's this poor hairy looking witch who opens the barrier and says, the train's here. Could you guys look less conspicuous? And they're like, yeah, okay. And they sort of turn a little bit, but they still pretty much look like a gang waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and their sister goes through to go pick up darling Draco. And oh. She wants greetings passed on to her dear sister. And Tonks says, I think she's tired of talking to you, but uh, she might talk to you if you want. I wouldn't look forward to it if I were you, but you know, go ahead mm-hmm. and try. Yeah. Hold your breath, why don't you? Mm. I, I really think that it'll help. <laughs> and the kids come out, and Harry stops and looks at all of these adults, and he's like, okay, now what are they up to? What yeah. I do. <laughs> and Molly goes and gives everybody hugs, and Harry's looking at Remus, and he's totally confused. He says, uh, I didn't expect, what are y'all doing here? And he says, well, we thought we'd have a chat with your aunt and uncle before we let them take you home. And Harry's like, I don't like this idea. Yeah. And here comes Moody, comes thumping up, and they kind of square their shoulders and they go over to talk to them. And the Constantly just, vigilant. Yeah. And you, you just see the Dursleys, they're like a deer in a headlight look, you know, they all kind of freeze and they're like, oh crap, here they come. And yeah, Moody and Tonks, along with the rest of them, they're just freaking out. <laughs> Petunia won't even look at her. Yeah. I love it. And they... You know, say, we're going to be paying attention. And if you mistreat him, we're going to come and visit. Don't mistreat him. And Vernon's like, are you threatening me? They're like, yes. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes. <laughs> kind of, sort of. My, 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 still, my favorite line out of the whole book. I just lost it. Just lost it. And do I look like the kind of man who can be intimidated? Is that it? No, no, no. Okay. no. I feel many books. No, yeah, the, the money, many books is fun. I expect what you're, not, what you're aware. not aware of would fill several books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always make me laugh. The felatone. Yeah, the felatone. Somebody's like, telephone! Yeah, yeah, that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that thing. Keep in touch, Harry. We'll come get you as soon as we can. I can only imagine, like, life with, with Ron and Hermione trying to, to, you know, be with her parents and his parents and just like cell phones and, and telephones and cars and and yeah yeah that thing I think is a common statement out of Ron's mouth. Yeah, <laughs> as, as they they grow older together. 
Uh, the one thing I don't know, I don't agree with in this story is like Hermione came over and took Remus' hands and led him over to her parents. This is Professor Lupin. He carried me out of them and got me safely to Hogwarts. I don't think Hermione told her parents anything. No. Uh, That's the thing I don't I think that he, she made, blah, 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 blah. He, she, she, she tells them that he got me safely to Hogwarts. But I don't think they knew the extent of her injuries. I don't think they knew that she was at St. Mungo's. But they have to. We've had this discussion before. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Trisha's school nurse called today to tell her that Ulrich got hit in the head by a soccer ball and might have a concussion. And Trisha said, excuse me, oh, wise school nurse. Aren't you supposed to hit the soccer ball with your head? And she went, uh, yeah, I guess so. So if they're calling to let her know that he did something he was supposed to do with his head, then if a child is hurt seriously enough to be taken to St. Mungo's, they have to tell the parents. I don't know. I don't know. They may not have. Well, this is what, this is, well, now, nowadays, well, nowadays, what, how long ago is, what year is this? The 1990s? 96. 96. Uh-huh. I graduated high school two years after that, before then. And you know what? I don't rem- remember being that coddled as they are now. But the thing is, yeah, she was in, in the hospital for days. But again, you think- this is you're, you're also talking about magic versus muggle. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. And yes, these are her parents. But at the same time, they would not have had any clue as what? to how injured she was. Mm-hmm. And how she was injured. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine trying to explain some of the maladies that you would see in St. Mungo's to a muggle? Well, yeah. yeah. We went Look through that, that last week with Dudley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and and it, it may have been Hermione saying, don't tell them how hurt I was. Right. Because if they know, I won't be back to school. Be back to school mm-hmm. And Harry needs me. Yeah. That's a, uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I know. I'm pretty sure she doesn't let them know half the stuff that she gets up to. Well, no. Yeah. You would think that the school would have an obligation to let them know but, some of it. But they may have They may have let them know, yes, she was injured and yes, she was taken to the hospital wing, but they didn't say where the hospital wing was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how badly she was injured. And she right. probably said, ah, oh, fine. Don't worry about me. No Fuck. need to come. Right. So. No need to alarm. Remain calm. Yeah. Keep calm and continue cleaning people's teeth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to make that for us. <laughs> so, and then we end with Remus and Dora walking Keep together. calm and don't forget to floss. I mean, you know. Just... <laughs> yeah. and, and they're, you know, they're stepping out together and they don't know where to go. We're going to go to our house, my parents' house, Diagon Alley. Where should we go? They kind of start walking towards Grimald Place. They're not even paying attention. And he says, we should go home. And she says, I want to, but I don't want to because it's going to be empty without him. And she says, yeah, I know. And so they, you know, start walking and we'll get there. You know, where are we going? And he says, I don't know, but we'll get there. I promise. They're just not in a hurry. They're taking a long, let's take the long way home. Come on, people. They follow the path down to a pond where there's children feeding ducks and squirrels are running up and down the trees and teenagers are tossing a frisbee. And he says, there's no hurry. Take the long way home. Take the long way. What? She went all like, yeah. 
Do they call it a frisbee in England? I don't know. I don't know. A disc? Would they call it a disc? Yeah. Floppy disc? Fris- frisbee is a brand name. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pie. Right. With pie pan. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Marty McFly. That's <laughs> 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 how I know. <laughs> flying disc. Yeah, flying disc. Yeah. I don't know if they'd call it a frisbee in the UK or not. Yeah, probably not. But and and no. a wizard probably wouldn't know what the hell a frisbee was anyway. Yeah. But Remus might, because he's been at a muggle school all year. That's true. Well, and Dora, yeah. I mean, Dora's dad, probably. I mean, back in the 70s, hell, they sure. also, like, did what's doing. Yeah, take her to the Fine. beach and throw a frisbee, sure. Mm-hmm. Although you can't do that in California. <clears throat> you, can't well, throw, you, can, you can't throw frisbees on the California beach? Uh, I think it's frisbees or footballs. Wow. You get a ticket. That's what terrible. What do I get a ticket to? I don't know. I guess they. You break it up again, Kelly. I said I'm. I guess they expect them to dig holes and smoke weed. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that might be fun too. <laughs> I say that out loud again. No, <laughs> yes. no, you would never say that out loud, Trisha. Never. I hate when I say the loud stuff. I those funny rolled loud. cigarettes again. Yeah, those cigarettes are bad. So well. So. Trisha, this was your pick. Yay, you my wanna, pick. You want to take us out? You want to tell sure. us how you felt about it? And... This 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 pick is it's it's special to it's special to me in a lot of ways. This this is what really got me to love um, serious and really got to for me to accept talks mm. and stuff. So and um and when it came out, it came out at a time where when I needed it the most. Um, going through a, a part of my life where I didn't know what I was going to do with it and I need to escape. And so this story came out then and it was good for me and it gave me hope in so many ways. So that's, I think that's why it's a little bit more special to me than some other ones. Mm-hmm. But, and I always enjoy reading it with like with book five because I'm like I can go oh I know where this is in that book and I'll just it makes me want to read book five all over again mm-hmm. so so I hope you guys liked it I liked it I had read it before so it was one of the um I read it right after I read the first year of Teddy Lupin in the Forest Guard because she wasn't finished writing that whole thing yet so I moved on to Shifts and Shades and uh it's a great story. I, you know, I like seeing things from somebody else's perspective. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really kind of neat. And like you said, it's really fun to be able to see parts of the canon worked into this so that it all kind of flows seamlessly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason why I like book five so much is I'm um, book five is one of my absolute favorites. Three and five are my absolute favorites out of the series is because you got to see the adults more. And I like that. And mm-hmm. I kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Harry and everything like that. But every once, I mean, especially in book five, he was so freaking emo. I wanted to shoot him. But I wanted, I always wanted to hear more about the adults of what was going on during that time. What were they doing? Right. Heather? Yes. Do you have something to say? I really did like this. And I read this after read, after reading so many more of like the Teddy 
stories um, that we read for, you know, I first met this whole um, universe when we did Teddy in the Forest Guard, and I read through all of that and then went back for this, and I, I started Shades. And overall, like, I'm still blown away at, at how she incorporated things and how the little things she catches and puts in there makes everything so realistic. And and I love that. I love that about a good fic and, and about a good writer is that you just have to keep pulling those little details and, and I'll be hooked and I'll keep reading and reading and reading until, you know, un- until you decide not to write anymore, which I hope isn't soon. <laughs> so, you know, I'm very, I'm very pleased um, that you guys asked me to be on these podcasts, even though I only read bits and pieces for the ones that I thought I was assigned for. And I forgot the entire ending. I knew you know, you know what happens to Sirius, but I forgot all the aftermath stuff that went on. And so that was um, nice to look back on and, and, and understand. So. Yay, Fern. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> I have no response to that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe versus Volcano reference. It was interesting seeing it from a different ha- viewpoint than Harry's. Mm-hmm. Heather's diary. <laughs> Hold your Sorry. breath, Heather. It will I tell am. you. It will tell you when to breathe again. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Don't <laughs> worry. Trisha. <laughs> Sorry. It's the deep breathing cast. Breath cast. <laughs> it's the breathing knitting cast. No, no, no. I'm not knitting right now. <laughs> That. Yeah, and I stopped too. I, I hit a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have a dog standing on me instead. It's Lily Cast. Oops. Lily Cast. We haven't hardly talked about Lily. She's been good tonight. Yeah. Let us finish first before you start jinxing <laughs> us. Sorry. Yeah, it's just like the S word. Yeah, oh. Yes, don't say the S word. Okay. Sorry, Kelly. Go ahead. What's the S word? We're not it begins with you. S and ends with a W, and you can figure out what's in the middle. <laughs> no. No, yeah, no, don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. No, it was very entertaining, thick. Like I said, it's fun reading stuff from another viewpoint besides Harry's. Um, there was another story that I read that was from Ginny's point of view, and it was like six years worth of Ginny's point of view. It was pretty good. And it kind of reminded me of that viewpoint so that's what it reminded me of Mm -hmm. yeah it's neat to be able to see things from other people's point of view every once in a while and fern is a good enough author that it works Mm -hmm. i mean you know i can see somebody trying to do it and just screwing it up but she did and and like i said you know she incorporates the canon flawlessly through it and you can see how things come together from a different perspective it's it's really kind of really cool Right. And I like the idea of them going to protect Dudley and, you know, just the the horror. And, you know, it's just so nice to see Remus be able to teach again. Mm-hmm. And he just loves it so much. So that was cool, too. Yeah. Yep. Well, we don't have Scott's input because Scott's doing an essay. Or, I'm sorry, Scott has been hijacked. <laughs> yes, he has been hijacked by Castle. Well, I think... uh um, unless the dog wants to add something, I think we're okay. Yep. Yep. So tune in next time for a one shot. 
or and it's going to be a Ron Hermione one shot. It's called the Reptilian Complex. Is this where somebody put Hermione and Slytherin and? No, I'm kidding. No, it's not. It's it's kind of a really interesting concept. I I think you guys. Will she's like not wearing like snake boots or anything like that, or snake pants. No, I can't remember off the top of my head why it's reptilian now, but it fit in. It worked. Okay. Maybe so. wants a snake snake kind of pants or something. No. Alright. Maybe it's in a cow. We can't hear you again, hun. God don't <laughs> Oh no. God. <laughs> Ew. No. Poke my eyes out. Yuck. Brainwash. Get the brainwash quick. You said Snape in a towel. Ah I did not. I said Ron in a towel. <laughs> oh well Ron in a towel. That's okay. That's a Weasley. That works. Uh and I think we we should just leave on that. Good night, everybody. Good night. Now, now, no, no. Good night. We now. Come back, Trisha. Get your mind away from from Snape. If we are to truly discover the meaning of these events, perhaps we should, for the time being, let them unfold. We'll be right back with an author interview with Fern Withy. Well, if it echoes at the end of sentence, although now it's getting it both ways. Fern, do you have headphones in? I do. I do. Yeah, it's echoing on yours, Heather. Is it me? Yes. Hmm. Hang on one second. Check your, your Skype input. Any better? I say that like I know what it is. Uh, testing, testing, yes. Better? Okay. Mm-hmm. My USB wasn't in all the way. That'll do it. Yeah. That will do it. Scott's got a great hum going, but we'll get around that. That's interesting. I wonder what I'm set on at the moment. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I turned it up because whenever I record these, my voice is really low, and I always have to go through and just boost me. So I'm recording it loud, and I just put up with the loudness. Is this better or worse? That's better. Okay. I switched to my headset microphone, so hopefully it doesn't go nuts this time. We'll see what, how that goes. <laughs> and Heather, put your microphone up because you're breathing into it. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was running across the room. <laughs> I've been editing you, and, and I've been editing a lot of breathing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Stop breathing, Heather. Talk no, without breathing. No breathing allowed on the podcast. I keep telling you guys that. It's not okay. So, it's now. I, I have to uh, start with a, a, a chicken story here. Of course. of course. I got home today, and Mom said that she'd had a very interesting afternoon, that the alpacas were out in the, the neighbor's field. They'd gone out the driveway and had gone down to where they're building new houses. But they were being good, so she didn't worry about them. And then she let the chickens out in the alpaca field so they could get food. And she was out in the garden, and all of a sudden the chickens went nuts. And she looked down, and she saw this brown streak go by. And she thought, that was too fast for a coyote. It must be a fox or something. So she ran out to the alpaca field to see if she could figure out what was going on. And there was a great big red-tailed hawk sitting on top of a chicken, (laughs) pulling out its feathers. And she said he was huge, and he kind of glared at her, and she shooed him off, and he took off. And the chicken stood up, and she kind of walked around in a daze. And so Mom went over and picked her up and examined her, and 
She's missing feathers, but she wasn't hurt. So mom put her away, and the chickens spent the rest of the afternoon hiding. They stayed in the shelters and under the trees and everything. They didn't go out in the open. And the hawk came by several more times looking for dinner. Um, so I called Fern about 10 minutes of six just to check her sound. And I told her I forgot my notebook and I had to run back to the house to get the notebook. So we hung up and I went out to get the notebook and I picked up all my stuff and I walked out the door and I heard this flap, flap, flap. And I was like, maybe I didn't hear anything. Flap, flap, flap. Oh man. So I stuck my head in the door and I said, mom, did you lock the chickens up? And she said, yes. And I said, well, something's going on out there. So I grabbed a flashlight and went out. And she grabbed a flashlight and followed me. Well, there's a chicken out. They're, they were so afraid they didn't go back to their roost, they decided to nest in the trees, which is not safe. The oh, raccoons see. will just crawl right up and yank them out and eat them. So mm. I had to catch her by the tail and drag her in. Good thing she was tired. When they're, when it's dark, they get kind of they go into a stupor. So I was able to yeah. catch her pretty easy, and I put her away. And when I came in, Mom was searching through the trees to see if any more were out. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my chicken story. <laughs> well, all right then. I never a dull moment on the farm. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Anybody else got anything fun to share before we start our interview? I, I did Invention Club the other day, and they invented a game that involved hitting a bouncy ball with my hairbrush, and it went great. It, they did this for like an hour and a half. It was really fun. And another one, he wanted oh, to invent good. a game that involved swinging a peacekeeper at a little pom-pom to see if he could hit it. It's the like hardest game ever. What was I can't he do swinging it. the pom-pom? Like a peacekeeper, you know, like those little, okay. um, yeah, yeah. you put the tea leaves in it and it's on a chain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the same size as the pom-pom we're trying to hit. <laughs> you try serving like that, it's much harder than ping-pong. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like fun. <laughs> uh-huh. I was just excited because I actually got all the way home uh, while it was still light out today. Oh, that's always exciting. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. That's been happening for me the last couple of days. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Of course, it, it probably would have happened a few days sooner if I hadn't been going out to rehearsals and things that go on later. But uh, still, it's, it's nice. Nice. <laughs> Heather, do anything fun? Homework. That's always fun. I know. I know. It's so sad. Um, no, nothing's been going on much. I was out in California over Christmas. Mm, that's nice. It was Christmas and New Year's. I know. It was a good break. I needed a little vacation. And then, I'm trying to think of anything else new and exciting going on. Um, I was on a commercial. Is it a commercial? For um, oh, yeah. work and for um, this organization, Math Plus Science Equals Success, and I talk about led me to be an engineer and why it's awesome and why I should study math and science. So cool. Yeah. Oh, good for you. I'm trying to think what else. They use my whole name, so I'm not gonna like link it or anything like that. If you're if you're a good like you know Googler, you should be able to find it, but <laughs> I'm not gonna offer it. <laughs> I will say it's for a local like uh, affiliate, so it's the the ABC affiliate, so our um, news station. So other things, other things? No, not really. I mean, I have class this semester, which I actually have to do homework for, 
Uh, it's tomorrow night, so yay, homework we- that I haven't done yet. Uh-oh. Well, then maybe we should start so we can let you get your homework. Yeah. I got yeah. through probably three podcasts, which is what, about half, looking for questions. Uh-huh. So I have a few questions. I honestly okay. haven't listened to anything in like a year. I'm sorry. Okay. So <laughs> a lot it has happens. changed in my life since those podcasts, and it's a little disconcerting so i'm like a little hesitant to listen about it listen to it so like i want to but because i know it'll be a little bit cathartic but i'm a little scared so when you're ready you'll be ready Vern, did you get a chance to listen to the last one even though it wasn't quite finished i did (laughs) the knitting 101 Uh, the knitting (laughs) yes (laughs) wondered how i got there Oh, we get there. <laughs> so funny. Was it? You were I'm surrounded by knitters. About, yeah, you're not. You only other talk- knits on this group. Yeah, you were talking about. Um, I was trying to bring the whole thing back, and then we like went way off of the deep end. So, well, so yeah, funny. you were crinkling paper and stuff, and we asked you what you were doing, and you were uh, getting into a plastic bag to get a spot holder, space holder thing, and then that. That led us into it, and we went on and on and on and on. And then, of course, we went to the Princess Bride, and then we went to vomit to make Trisha happy. And yeah, it was exciting. And my favorite part about the whole thing was Trisha getting a phone call from her, the school nurse, saying that Ulrich had got hit in the head (laughs) with the soccer ball. And Trisha, oh right, right, aren't you supposed to hit soccer balls with your head? Yes. Oh dear. <laughs> oh my. So okay. We can be, you know, a little crazy sometimes. So. I would say a lot crazy most of the time, yeah. but okay. <laughs> yeah. So all of what you're say, used to. Yeah. So far, I just was perusing your site, and I noticed that you know the big thing right now is you're doing a Hunger Games fanfic. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk yeah. about that. Okay. We are. Because I have so a, a note. Just posted the latest chapter. Another one? 21? Yeah. Damn, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, mean, I'm, I haven't uh, got the live journal yet today, so I haven't. I I'm doing 20. about two 2,000 worth a day now. Wow. I, um, I was looking <laughs> to see how far back Ville Sauvage was uh, either done or close to being done, and it looks like oh. right around when I stopped reading. Not because of anything, just because of time and it was your other Heather. It was, it was no. yes. It's all Heather's not reading anymore. It's like I stop. Yep. You stopped <laughs> reading. She stopped writing. <laughs> so yeah, it was right around the Christmas ones that I like. I remember reading last, yeah. mm-hmm. and I remember yeah. you were having writer's block, and I think, and I would check back occasionally when yeah. I thought about it. And then I just sort of other things captured my attention. So yeah. Yeah, well, me too, that was the problem. (laughs) Speaking of things capturing my attention, has anyone been watching the Lizzie Bennet Diaries? Jules, you need to talk to Jules. She's absolutely obsessed. Um, And it's on tonight, isn't it? It's Monday. Came out today morning, yeah. So. Yeah, talk to Jules. They're they're at the part where everyone finds out everything. So, Mm. and if if you are familiar with Pride and Prejudice, you know, that part where everyone finds out everything and, you know, 
things start to get resolved. So it, it's very interesting now to see how they're handling that. I, you know, it like I honestly like it had been on my queue of like I, I should check this out. I should check this out. And then finally, right before Christmas, I had some time at work. Yes, I watched it at work. All 96 episodes or so to catch up, which was nice. It was like it was right before Christmas, and our entire, you know, field network was kind of going insane. But, like, for me at work, things are kind of boring. So, well, it's pretty funny. Let's start, and then we can talk about all this stuff. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually posting on the Hoof Love Facebook. We're interviewing Furnishifts if anyone has questions. Always good. Ask here. Whoops. There's an E on the end of here. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, it's her. It was her too. Yeah, I'm always messing up these words up. It's just crazy. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. I ought to think we please. Where the story never ends. Welcome to the author interview of uh, Shifts with Fernwithy. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. This is Oliver's gal. And I'm Fernwithy. Yay! 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 And my technology is working. Yes! And that was one take! Yay! Yeah, but we discussed it first. Yeah. Yes. Oh, really? I, I'm glad I just picked up on that really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Because otherwise we'd have been a mess. I know us. We're bad at this. Yeah. yeah. Even on the live stuff, too? Are you guys? No, the live... Yeah, a little bit with the live stuff, but not as bad because we know that it's... Um, Bob oh, starts oh. it and then we just kind of go. Oh, so speaking of live and, like, just different... So I had a very Poofwadian day today, let me tell you. Um, so as of right now, because I don't exactly know, let's hope that this gets out in 2013 at some point, it snowed. And it hadn't snowed a ton. And I was walking out to my car this morning. Oh, no, no, no. I need to back up. So <laughs> I woke up and I, I was getting ready. I was taking my shower and I washed my hair. No problem. I went to get conditioner and it was frozen. So... My conditioner was frozen in the container because there's a window in my bathroom where I sort of store all of my um, toiletries, and I must have left it open just enough that my conditioner froze. <laughs> so that happened this morning, and then I, so I got dressed, I was going out to my car, and I slipped and fell. Mm. And so I was fine. I was a little achy, but my pants were all dirty. So I came back in. I called my boss and said, hey, I fell. I'm not... You know, I'll be in a little bit late. I have a nine o'clock meeting. I'm not going to make it on time. <clears throat> Just call and let them know. So I come, I get changed. I need to work and all this stuff. Meanwhile, on my way out, I tweet, you know, like, oh, man, my conditioner was frozen, um, fell by my car. My conditioner was frozen, comma, fell by my car, comma, and now I'm late for work. Oh, what a Monday. Like, can I just go back to bed? Whatever. So... Trisha tweets me and said, are you okay? Did it like fall? Like, did it, did it hurt any cars? I'm like, what are you talking about? And meanwhile, Ryan chimes in and he's like, you know, I have like this awful feeling that that's going to happen to me. I'm like, you're going to fall. <laughs> and, and, and like, if you, I'm going to die by an air conditioner falling. I mean, I couldn't figure out what the part was. I tweet and read what it, it read. I'm like, 
Okay, no, no, no. My hair conditioner was frozen in the shower. That was one thing. <laughs> like, I fell. That was two things. And now I'm late. That's three things. All not one big thing. <laughs> and, and did they read it as hair conditioner or air conditioner? I thought it was an air conditioner. I didn't say one or the other. I just said the conditioner was frozen. Oh. And uh. it was an air conditioner that fell out of the window and it, like, blocked my car so I was late. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like it fell in my car instead of I fell. <laughs> oh, those uh-huh. <laughs> So, yeah, so I had both Trisha and Ryan confused this morning. <laughs> so he called me a shampoo killer. <laughs> like, this shampoo killer. <laughs> like, of all of the things and of all of the, the stupid things that I do or, like, you know, the crap that's happened in, in the past, you know, year and a half. It just made me laugh so much that, you know, like, I am a Poofwadian whether I like it or not. That's it. And I, I don't like it. It's just that, you know, life takes you in all these different directions. But if I do one thing, and, like, three people comment that, wait, the air conditioner fell? I always thought I would die that way. <laughs> totally tangent of I had no idea what the hell anyone was talking about. So yes. Uh-huh. So my air conditioner was frozen in my shower. I fell <laughs> by my car. And, and I was then you were late for work. Okay. That works for me. Mm. How exactly does conditioner freeze though? That's my question. Oh it's got uh, water yeah. in it. It can freeze. <laughs> yep. Yes, but showers are hot. Yeah, but if it's well, in the window and the window's open and it's freezing outside. That'd work. Mm, yeah. I suppose. I'm I not used to my showers having windows and stuff. But, yeah. I had one once. That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. That I was right across from somebody else's window. So. Yeah. yeah. I used to pet sit for these people, and they had. It was a homemade shower, homemade bathtub. So the bathtub was a great big sunken bathtub. And then you stepped out of it to step into where the shower was. So if you took a shower, then the bathtub got wet, too, because it was right next to it, and that was all open. And then they had glass windows, wide open to the backyard next to that. (laughs) And I was like, um, and she's like, well, nobody can see in here. The the neighbors aren't close enough. And I'm like, there's neighbors pretty close, and this is wide open. So I'd like crawl in with the flashlight off and then turn the flashlight on so I'd have a little bit of light and wait until night to do it because I didn't want it, you know, and there were no curtains, there was nothing, it was like a bay window. Oh, it was the strangest wow. thing. And I guess the other shower in the house didn't work. For some reason I had to use that particular shower. I, or maybe it was because I wanted to take a bath. That was it. If I wanted to take a bath, I had to use that bathtub. So yeah, I'd crawl in with the flashlight in my book so I could read but nobody could see me. <laughs> it was very sad. Yeah. We'll just start random. Uh, we'll start with, with Heather's comment. When we interviewed you the first time, you had not mm-hmm. read The Hunger Games yet. I have now. And, Finally. Uh, I, I'm going to assume that you have since you are writing <laughs> Hunger Games. I, I'm not always you. sure about that. I'm going to read the, the synopsis. <laughs> But yes, I have. Uh, I finally got hold of it and happened to be thinking about it at the same time I got hold of it. So that that works. Yeah. yeah, she said the library was out. Yeah, and I kept thinking, no, oh, no, I really want to read that, and then forgetting about it, and then like, okay, there's a movie out. I better read this thing. Mm-hmm. 
So, so I read it. And I'm like, I guess Ooh. I still haven't. In a follow-up question, so like in Ville mm-hmm. Sauvage, like your um, your tournaments, they have like these screens, and I remember commenting either on your blog or in one of the interviews, like. Did you, did you read Hunger Games? Were you inspired by that? And it was com- you had it yet, so it was completely like innocent. But how do you feel now, like having read read the Hunger Games about well, all the screens and everything? I still like the screens and the the uh, Triwizard because if they'd had them, then you know, under the under the lake or whatever, they could have seen that somebody was doing something to Harry, right? Uh, which would have been yeah. very useful later. Um, but you know, I. I always liked the part with Rita Skeeter, and The Hunger Games seems to be an extended version of the Rita Skeeter plot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that, that's a totally different thing. But, uh, yeah, if they had the screens on them all the time, like when they're sleeping or, you know, meeting up after the dance, that would be really creepy. But these are just during the yeah. actual event. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's probably a good safety measure. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I agree. I mean, I, I totally get it. It was just, I remember reading that, like, the first couple scenes about that, and I was like, oh, my God, it's the Hunger Games. And it was like, <laughs> and I, I just sort of had this, like, that's totally a genius thing. They really needed it. And then to find out that you hadn't read the Hunger Games at all, like, was just, <laughs> like, seriously? Like, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> like, that you came up with that, too. So. Yeah. Well. You know, we all copy each other, and Suzanne Collins obviously stole it from whatever the Japanese one was, and clearly they stole yeah. it from Lord of the Flies, and yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I guess I... that's my current adventure, is I'm rehearsing for 9 to 5, the musical, at this point. Ooh. Mm-hmm. What are you playing? Going 9 to 5. I'm a uh, backup singer, basically. It'll be fun. I love that you know exactly what I'm referring to. (laughs) Well, we're of an age to have grown up with that. Well, I've still never seen the actual movie and all of that stuff. My parents let me get away with watching a ton of stuff I probably shouldn't have um, (laughs) when I was little. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch Grease, but I was allowed to like read Stephen King, so. Wow. I can remember we were, I think I was just barely a teenager and my brother probably was 10 one summer and mom took us to see the Blue Lagoon, which was a little racy for us. Uh, Yeah. Brew Baker, which was not a young person's movie and Caddyshack, which probably was really not something we should have seen, but we just thought was the funniest thing we'd ever seen in our life because of the funny gophers. Gopher, yeah. You don't, like, you totally ignore all of the bad parts because there's a, go- a gopher, like... Oh, yeah, the I, gopher in the, in the candy bar in the water. I mean, that was all we yeah. remembered. Yeah! Yeah! And my neighbors put on grease in the, in the back garage area, and I was in it, but I wasn't allowed to watch it. Oh, that's just sad. I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that, so I, uh, you know, I was a child during the 80s for the most part, and my parents let me watch Dirty Dancing, and I was fine with it. And I had Cabbage Patch Kids, and they would, like, they would act out Johnny and Baby, like, dancing and all this stuff. And then I watched it as a teenager, like, later on, and I was like, why did you let me watch it? You didn't 
know what they were doing. It really didn't matter. You just wanted to watch the dance and the music. And I'm like, but mom. Oh, it was. What if I said something? (laughs) Only dancing. They were only dancing, really. Yeah, uh-huh. I know. And I mean, it's in. I I watch it in a different sense now. Like I can see it. I'm like, yeah, it's totally innocent and compared to some of the stuff that's like rated R now. But it was that that like moment when I caught all the indu- innuendos. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> but I did realize something that you know, and and like I've, I've talked about this before, and you, you know whether it's cut out or not. Like I think that Johnny is like my my pers- my guy. Like. I look at it, I'm like, he ruined me for every dating experience because I want to find Johnny from Dirty Dancing. Like, because he won't <laughs> let baby be in the corner. <laughs> and I'm like, this has ruined me. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> and I realized this weekend because it was odd. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, this explained so much. So, yes. That showed, it, it was actually in the B Theater, so it'd been out for a while. In my little town, the week that he came to town to film the bar one, which I can never remember the name of. Roadhouse! Yes. Roadhouse! Him, he was there, and Sam Elliott were both in my little town. Oh my gosh, my mother would have been so jealous. My mother had the huge thing for Sam Elliott. Like, Oh, I still have a huge thing for Sam Elliott. I don't care if he's too old for me. <laughs> it was all about the voice. Yep. And like, you know, the voice and that grumble. Oh, like, and, and she like would get me to like. And the cowboy. Like, and the cowboy, yeah. And the fact that he just kicked ass and took names, like, between <laughs> that and Tombstone. <laughs> he did do that too. See you later. Fern, how much research... Or how do you do your research to write something like the shift story, which is a, basically a parallel story, or even the Hunger Games story, which is basically a parallel story? I mean, how do you keep really it all straight? <laughs> I could tell. Well, uh, I, I use the Lex uh, a lot for their timelines for Harry Potter, and I've noticed them missing a lot in uh, in the Hunger Games because nobody has quite as obsessive mm-hmm. uh, a has been keeping quite keeping track quite as obsessively, but I used that a lot, and I um, kind of went through the months and I printed the calendars and said this happens here and this happens here, um, and then kind of went through and filled in other days, and then this is going to be happening at the same time as this, so I was able to keep track of it that way. Um, and then there were a lot of places where I found out that the canon was very hard to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, at, at the end. Uh, you don't really think about about it because you're in Harry's point of view and he's asked Snape for help and he's out in the, the forest and then it's almost midnight when everybody comes to the to the ministry. What the heck was Snape doing all that time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you think they're right there in London. They should have been there waiting. But apparently he didn't tell them. For a while that had me completely convinced he had to be on the evil side. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Like, no, that's probably just JK. I'm not paying attention to time. Yeah. <laughs> um, She's Does anybody really care about time? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm not obsessed when I'm reading it, but when I'm trying to follow from somebody else's point of view, it, it kind of turns problematic, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially yeah. the adults, because if they succeed in a single thing, it doesn't work. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. It's always awkward trying to write people who fail at everything. <laughs> yes. And they have to fail because otherwise they wouldn't be leaving it to a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with being 15. I like 15-year-olds, but. Right. But they shouldn't, <laughs> they shouldn't have to save the world seven Probably years in not, a row. No. no. They have enough troubles of their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, they weren't always 15 saving the world, but you know what I mean. <laughs> not for seven years. I feel like I'm <laughs> starting to get older because. I definitely have that opinion now. Like, you know, it, it shouldn't have to have been Harry. Not that he isn't great and awesome and, and the stories aren't great and awesome, but it's just like, how how did the adults fail so much that a child has to save the world yeah. seven times in a row? Like, how is that From Harry's point of view, it makes perfect sense. From a grown-up's point of view, <sighs> they're going to be pretty incompetent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, you know, Fudge is definitely incompetent, and you know, I mean, yeah. there, there's a lot of incompetency that will yeah. ignore the obvious. But I think that's also the adult perspective, is that sometimes following the status quo is a lot easier than looking at mm-hmm. looking at things and looking at what's right or what's easy. I mean, it's easy just to ignore what's going on, or it's easy to ignore what's going on with your government because it's not affecting you. And, mm-hmm. you know, right. it's a lot of different things that you know, as adults were plagued with, then idealistically, as a teenager, I felt completely different, you know? So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were going to say funny. something as teenagers. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it's very funny. Fudge because... is annoying, but he's very plausible. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's this terrible war that they had 10 years ago, and they're finally sort of recovered from that, almost. And then yeah. this kid... Um, shows up saying that the terrorists have come back and he's the only mm-hmm. one who has seen anything to prove it at all uh, it, yeah. except for this one fellow who's professing to believe him that you believe is you know just poised to kick you out of your spot and so mm-hmm. obviously he's fighting back with every possible means at his disposal to keep people mm-hmm. from destabilizing his society is this is where fudge is coming from. Right. And then I I mean I guess to to give a concrete example, I was so much more affected by the tenth anniversary of nine eleven than I necessarily was that not that I wasn't affected then, but I was sixteen, you know, when nine eleven happened and I saw it and it was just this utter It was you know, incomprehensible. Disbelief mm-hmm. and, and incomprehensible. But you know what I think my family still shielded me from a lot of the coverage or, you know, I purposely sort of ignored it, you know, because it was just too hard to understand. And then you watch all this stuff 10 years later and, you know, I think more of that could be me. Like, you know, I, you know, I work in an office building, I work near an airport. Like it's just all these things that there's more of a, I can put myself in those shoes, whereas 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I, cu- I can't. I couldn't put myself right. in those shoes. I was yeah. a high school kid watching it on TV, whereas now it's like, oh, my God, like, it, it, mm-hmm. your family can be wiped out just like that, you know? And it's, you know, that was the 10th anniversary. I lost my mom three months later. Like, your your life just is so precious is, is a word, but it, it's just so dynamic that it can just mm-hmm. change in an instant you know and mm-hmm. and it like i said it i was bawling watching all of this stuff and just like 
you know, I finally got it, you know, more so than I did back then. And I think that's the case, at least in terms of like, you know, I think you're, you're more fearless when you're a teenager because you're, you're, you are immortal as a teenager. You don't believe that you can die. And you don't have as many other responsibilities either. Mm -hmm. You're not responsible for bringing in the rent or, you know, feeding your cat even really. So, um, so you can really risk things that you can't risk later. So in that sense, it, it really actually works that Harry and his friends are the ones that go to all this lengths and end up saving yeah, the day because sense, yeah. they they'll go for it and they put things together that the adults might not necessarily see like something seems completely obvious to Harry that uh, he would have to spend half an hour convincing someone else of and yeah or convincing think, them that it's worth doing something about yeah case mm-hmm. in point is, is umbrage and i think umbrage was the scariest non-villain, I mean, villain, non-villain, whatever you want to call it, in that series, because she's the terror that you face day yeah. in and day out. So, like, Voldemort Umbridge itself really is pure, yeah, mm-hmm. is sheer, yeah. but is a, an archetype that really exists, that you have to face and that you have to deal with. You know, whether it's bureaucratic, whether it's, you know, in your job, whether it's in your school, she's a bully. And I mean, you know, as bullying is like the, you know, the topic du jour lately for good reason, but she is a bully and it's a scary thing to have to deal with. And I think that's why everyone, you know, I don't think that there's anyone that likes Umbridge. I think there's a lot of people that love to hate her, but I feel like she is everything that we fear in life, you know, Mm -hmm. like. Someone who just doesn't believe you because that's not what is scripted. That's not what I've been told to believe. And who has absolute control over your environment. Right. <laughs> yes. Which I think was part of the problem with the adults is they were, oh, it's just school. Even the, the yeah. teachers and so on, you know, it's just going on at the school. It's just the kids. And they wrote it off right. to yeah. their detriment. Whereas um, Hermione realized pretty much from the opening speech that – if Umbridge manages to control the school for long enough, mm-hmm. everyone will, a, l- a large proportion of people anyway, will wind up sharing her point of view. And that's the whole point mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's easier to There's sometimes. Yeah. It's so much easier to believe what someone's just telling you and continually telling you. And there's a line from the American president that I absolutely love. Michael J. Fox says. Bob Rumson is the only one doing the talking. People want leadership, Mr. President, and in the absence of genuine leadership, they'll listen to anyone who steps up to the microphone. They want leadership. They're so thirsty for it, they'll crawl through the desert toward a mirage, and when they discover there's no water, they'll drink the sand. In absence of, you know, what the truth is, whether, you know, the president's single and, and sleeping with someone, or, you know, Voldemort's back, like, People will believe the information that you give them because they thirst for it. And, and granted, you know, the president uh, in that movie has a difference of opinion, but I think there's a lot of truth to that statement. And I don't remember the statement offhand, and I can hear Ryan, like, screaming at, at the, <laughs> the the <laughs> podcast you know, with, like, the exact line. Cause th- he would are- know it. His dude mm-hmm. wrote the, the, um, the movie, but, I, you know, it's always, that's one that, has always resonated with me of like, you know, people believe what you tell them. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people 
who make millions of dollars as publicists doing exactly that. Are we ready to move to a new question? I don't think we remember what the original question was. Uh, we were talking about research. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure that was it. <laughs> one of the things that, that we kind of wondered, and, and I think I probably know the answer to this, but I'm throwing it out there, is does Ginny have a crush on Remus? No. No. She thinks he needs to be taken care of. She, yeah. she thinks he needs a family. So she's kind of adopted Remus. She's like she's more like Molly than yeah. we think sometimes. Yeah. More or less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I figured. Um, but there were some places where it was like, does she? Does she not? That she's really physically affectionate. And I think that that probably would throw him. Um, mm -hmm. Because he's not. That's not his natural state and he also knows better than to touch a student. Right. So, and he has a little bit of right. difficulty separating when they're a current student and not a current student. Yeah, well, once so, a student, I'll always a student. Yeah. Put his mm -hmm. eyes up on the wall with the house elf heads. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing at well, Ryan. It's hard to do that from the other side too. It takes you a couple of years at least before you can start calling teachers by their first name, and even then, yeah. it's usually in specific circumstances. Like there are some teachers that I still only know by their last name. They were Mister So and So. I'm friends with yeah. some of my old teachers on Facebook, and I can't call them by their first names. <laughs> it's hard. Of course, a lot of them are my friends' parents too. So. Well, I, I had the flip me. of that because I was teaching at age eighteen, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I didn't call parents by their first names. Because I was younger than most of the parents, and you just didn't do that. You called them Mr. Yeah. and Mrs., you know. And now, I'm expected to call the parents by the first name, and most of them are younger than me, so it kind of works now. But I remember <laughs> first coming out of, and, you know, first being a teacher, that that was just weird. Yeah. I called a patron by her first name and got in trouble for it. Oh, my goodness. We do not call people by their first names without a invitation. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had a hard time calling my friends' parents, even though they've asked by their first names. I just, I can't do it. Like, they've always been Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, and it's like, I usually avoid it and be like Jen's mom or, you know, this one's mom or this one's dad. And my best friend does the same thing with my dad. Like, you know, it's it's either Mr. So-and-so yeah. or, you know, like yeah. Heather's dad or, I, you know, Heather's mom. <laughs> yeah, I have... Uh, issues with with that at uh, at work because i only call i only know people by the names of their kids you know mm -hmm. this is madison's mom and you can't really call them that <laughs> hey madison's mom um, well you know yeah. though but parents at schools they, they're they kind of used to that so you could probably <laughs> almost get away with it i could probably do that yeah they, they had one family that they all called the boy brother and i did not know until they had another boy what that child's name was <laughs> wow because yeah, you know, tell a brother to get that. <laughs> it's like, okay. And I finally had to ask the child, honey, I don't know your name. What is it? <laughs> so He's like, brother? Uh, <laughs> That's what everybody calls what him. Mean? He thinks. <laughs> yep. But now there are two brothers, so he has to have a name. <laughs> okay. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I posted... Like the old joke about the kid who always who for seven years thought his first name was Jesus or something, because he was always getting yelled at. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. It's one of my favorite families, so I adore the, the family with brother, but... Um. 
well, but yeah, it's funny because I couldn't figure out anything at all. <laughs> that's usually the yeah. case. The ones that you adore are the ones that you just like pull your hair out over because you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I yeah. understand. I know we're not supposed to have favorites, but <laughs> you do. I totally have. You can't. I mean, you can't treat them as your favorites, but you, there's no way to stop yourself. Well, sure. They're the ones who are there all the time, and in all the clubs and everything. And the little boy who always picks up the instruments and brings them back during story time. Oh, there you go. Little gentleman. That's always fun. We have our librarian mm-hmm. coming after tomorrow. He's great. He's ah. our children's librarian, but he, he comes and reads to the kids once a month, and we just love him. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yep. I, I have very That's high regard. librarian. Re- it's a rule of life. <laughs> I have very high regard for the librarians that I know. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. I'm having to laugh because I, I put that we were interviewing you and asked, asked for questions. And Ryan's question for you is, do you know the password for the Puffwatch Twitter? No, I'm not on Twitter. So <laughs> somebody started the Puffwatch Twitter, and we cannot find the password, and we really want to use it. But nobody knows how to get into it. It's pretty sad. But I, I got a kick out of Ryan asking you because I thought it was funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because um, I would know that <laughs> on top of my head. Well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I hear that. Try Yellowstone. Try Yellowstone. Yellowstone. That's a good one. Okay. I'm going to type that to him. <laughs> that's funny. I have the question about Ginny and the crush twice. I must have really wanted to know that question. Uh, we, oh, we there just, you go. <laughs> we just, it's because I was writing it on two pieces of paper and then I kind of combine everything together we discussed mm-hmm. the werewolves quite a bit and one of the questions that we had was do they have to see the moon in order to change which i mean that doesn't quite make sense but um they they must because we just didn't see it until it came out right right so but if that was true they just stay inside right so what i made up to cover that little discrepancy was that if they don't see the moon, they can put it off and put it off, but then the transformation will be a lot worse. That's kind of what I was thinking. It can really hurt them. That's the only thing I can think of, because otherwise, just, you know, go in a cave someplace. Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. we were talking about that, and we thought, <laughs> well, you know, but it seems like they did have to see the moon in order to transform. So my thought was mm-hmm. maybe that it would be really slow and much more painful if they didn't see the moon. And so they wanted yeah, that to was see pretty... the moon to make it go fast. So I think we're kind of on the same page. I think so. It just uh, it, that's a problem with werewolf mythology in general. So mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah, there, there's a lot of variations on that. Like there, as far as we can tell, in Harry Potter, it's just the night of a full moon, um, and at least one night, other. So. Yeah, it's the three nights around it because you can because astrologically there's not all that much difference between when it's specifically f- the full moon and when it's not mm-hmm. on either mm-hmm. side. They have a a specific time, like 11.53 on February 27th is mm-hmm. when the, it's at its fullest point. But mm-hmm. when in that do you decide it's the full moon now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Well, it was a good, it was a, made us have a good discussion, so it worked. But, we did note, we need to ask Fern. So I wrote it down very dutifully. I, I was good. Um, yeah. One part- thing that I... Go ahead. Less a question than just something to bring up for 
people to be aware of is I know that some of your other stories, you kind of go into the werewolf mythology a little bit more. Like before Mm -hmm. we knew Greyback existed, you have stories that um, go into the relationship between Remus and his other um, werewolf you have first biting him and all that sort of stuff, which I find quite interesting. I kind of retconned her into a counselor who who helped him a little bit. <laughs> it doesn't really work as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a line of descent. Um, I wrote that just before shift, and uh, I liked it. But I actually liked Greyback so much as a villain, I just didn't care all that much that it got just. Because so. mm-hmm. Greyback yeah. is just too fun. Yeah, there's nothing beyond him. A good villain. So, yes. do you like writing villains or the good guys better? I like writing the good guys better, but the good guys aren't nearly as much fun if they don't have really scary, creepy villains. So I like having good villains, too. There's the tension there. Yeah. So, you know, who? what was your favorite villain, I guess, to write? Like, even if you your own character, like, who was just, like, the best villain you got to write? Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Greyback just because he's so scary. And I wrote him again in the second of the Teddy stories. Um, mm-hmm. And he's so creepy. He kills one of Teddy's cats, for heaven's sake. <laughs> well, one of his minions does. And uh, he, he, Teddy finally kills him. So I was glad that he was not actually left dead in the book. Because it gave me a chance to kill him deliciously. And it was fun. <laughs> and you did, too. It was great. You did. It was really good. I think there's something wrong with me. I think it's really fun. But, <laughs> we, were, <laughs> but it was. we were talking about that just the other day. Not so much that, but the fact that we learned a lot about fluing in that story, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that really wasn't initially helped. intended. I just <laughs> I'd written the first part, and Teddy had a random thought about the flu, and then when I went back to start planning it, I was like, oh, I could use that. <laughs> so all kinds of flu stuff came up. Well, that was cool, though. That worked. You, you do have to clean the flu on occasion, so there you go. Yes, you do. So why not have professional flu cleaners? Mm-hmm. They've so, got to have some jobs in, in there other than the ministry in Hogwarts. Yeah. So in that line, you know, like talking about that that um, that story and, and just a couple things. So, you know, I, I always like when you do ask the characters, and a lot of times from your fans it comes up about um, Jeffrey. And, yeah. you know, he was a great a great interesting dynamic character not saying that i liked him but he's like another in that line with like umbrage like definitely real definitely you know he's a type mm-hmm. um, yes he's a type but i like in the more that you kind of talked about him the more i almost kind of felt bad for him and i can kind of understand and i can rationalize so it's almost like a little scary that i can like you know, rationalize, like, his behavior away, but, you know, you allude way down the, the your canon that he does some pretty nasty things, like, 50 years in the future, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I realized when I was reading Hunger Games, he's basically Gale with a serious attitude problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, That's true. And what would happen if he hadn't accidentally done what he did? <laughs> but, yeah. And see how I'm not giving spoilers. <laughs> No, No. and I was just, uh, I just read, because I hadn't been reading your Hunger Games story. I knew you were posting them, but I was getting ready for Fix and and the podcast and things. And I this weekend, I was like, I am going to read these. And so I 
I think you had posted through 19 and I yeah, put them and on, the hate edge, yeah. I put them all on my text reader and listened to them while I gardened. Um, oh. <laughs> I was playing in the tractor, so that worked really well. And then I listened to uh, 20 last night. That was what I went to bed to oh. last night. It was great. I had something to listen nice. to. So, and good. it's good. I'm really, I can't wait for the next one. And in fact, I told Ryan, I've got a story for you. So, <laughs> okay. You have to. I don't know if you'll read yep, it. And this one I will actually bit. finish because I'm only six chapters off. So. Yay. Cool. Well, it's good. That's the I nice like thing it. thing about Collins. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But back to the story talking about. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, Not that I don't want to advertise this. <laughs> yeah, well, we like advertising. Um, did you, um, this is a little bit backwards, I guess, but did you deliberately set out to place the Teddy stories in the same universe as Shifts and Shades, or did that just sort of happen? Oh, that was definitely deliberate, because I, I could not get my mind around finishing the end of it. I kept saying I was going to, but I kind of knew I wasn't. And the Teddy stories kind of finish it out, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely meant to address that universe. And the kind of cheat. Cheat. <laughs> yeah. Cheat, the interesting cheat. thing about coming back and reading them in the other order is that we get to kind of see the origins of some of the characters that we saw in the Teddy stories. So mm-hmm. Kind of fun to yeah. do that. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Certainly yeah. the origin of Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, and that <laughs> Literally. Brings, brings me to one of my questions because people were a little, you know, not sure about it was the birthing party. What gave you that idea? just thinking about those old-fashioned things where everybody would gather and somebody would be like, oh, go boil water and that kind of thing. Just sort of an old-fashioned country birth, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm sure the wizards were much more formal about because, I mean, with the robes and everything. But it kind of came into my head full-blown once I thought, let's have everyone gather for it. And then I thought, oh, let's just make it a whole big thing. So it just kind of came together. And were you kind of thinking like the fairy tales where everybody, or the the princesses? Yeah. Princesses, yeah, not right. Like, the fairies like, would kind of grant a wish because it's kind of the sure. same thing. They're not. The whole Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Granting a wish, but they're granting a power or, or a, a charm. A promise. Or a, a promise. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's the word. Yeah. And some muggleborns yeah. like them, and others think that's really, really gross. <laughs> Don't want to mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> Um, which is kind of how I would feel. It's kind of to me, kind of like having a camera in the delivery room. Which no. <laughs> well, and but. that's funny because Trisha was the one that was kind of squicked out about the whole thing, and she was like, "No, no, no, no! It should only be the mom and the dad and the doctor." And I'm like, "You were televised having your baby," and she's like, "Yeah, I was on drugs <laughs> because he yeah. was." Hopefully, I'm getting this right. He was born uh, nine months to the day after 9/11. I think that's right. And they filmed four or five babies being born that day in, as a 9-11 kind of tribute. And her, oh. and they actually show Ulrich being born on TV. And, you know, she's like, I was on drugs. I would never have done it if they hadn't, you know, caught me half out of my mind kind of a thing and, uh-huh. and stuff like that. But it's kind of yeah, funny. That's because, the story that she's sticking to? Yeah, that's the story she's sticking to. <laughs> that's the official story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, uh, who was Alan based on? Alan is um, 
<laughs> me as much as anybody else. Um, he's a fan guy. And I've been spending some time in fandom pretty much uh, for the first time in live fandom. I was going to cons and so on. And I just really liked the fans. <laughs> I really want to put a fan in here, you know, put a Trekkie who, who's on Usenet. Like I used to be on Usenet. So. <laughs> Um, you know, have him have arguments. Um, I wasn't on a Star Trek board. I was on a Quantum Leap board. And, you know, how old is Al? Or, right. You know, and these will go on for days. Um, the mailing list is Ender, an unreliable narrator, and somebody defending him on a moral ground because apparently it's immoral to be an unreliable narrator. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, He's well, just my tribute to fandom. And, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't fans, so uh, that's right. a good thing. Yeah. And yeah. Trekkies do have a little place in my heart, so that works too. Are you watching Star Trek? <laughs> so, yeah. random question, but kind of kind of an interesting one. If you could, like, put Remus Lupin in 2013, you know, how do you think he would feel teaching with as much technology as we have right now, even if he was, he was teaching muggles. Like, how do you think he would feel about, you know, the smart boards and do you think he would I think he'd be worried all the time about shorting like... them out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if he'd been doing it, I expect he would learn it and probably really enjoy it. I, I didn't get as much into the computers as I had wanted to because the story just ended up taking different directions. But I think he was kind of digging it. As long as he didn't put his hand inside them, I think he was okay. <laughs> as long as he had Dudley to guide him through. <laughs> Dudley. Dudley was a good help. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I he strikes me as the kind of person who'd get kind of, he'd get a little bit caught up in it and just be interested in how all of this works and do all the research to yeah. figure everything out. And, yeah, I was always surprised Harry didn't spend more time trying to break into Dudley's computer. <laughs> just to piss off Dudley, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. But then he would have found himself in fanfic, and it just would have been wrong. Wrong. (laughs) Oh, ouch. I've read those books. Very good point. You know, he would have seen the Snape Harry stuff, and it just would have freaked him out. (laughs) None of that existed in 92 or whenever he would have been doing it, so... That's true. That's true. His, he would have found himself on Newsnet yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, because the books didn't exist till '97, so <laughs> he would have been dealing with Kirk Spock probably. And yeah, well, that's fun too. Yeah, and he wouldn't have had to worry about reading himself. Yeah, give him time. There was actually. We well, he'll t- read it out loud. <laughs> we were talking about this somewhere recently, maybe on one of the podcasts that I just did, where um, they had Dan Radcliffe read. Uh, smut, Harry Potter smut <laughs> on some show. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and then they well, had thanks. they had Rafe Fiennes read Voldemort smut. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. really funny. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, that people don't get sued okay. for that. That's that's why I will always love Joe, no matter what she does. That <laughs> she puts up with that. She's really. Good I don't even about like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Tonks' partner, Ruthless's uncle or father. I, I have to think about that because originally he was the scrimgeour that they talked about in the book, which clearly was supposed to be the scrimgeour who got elected in the next book and was in charge. So we'll say he's uncle. Okay. That works for 
yeah, because yeah, that was written before Half Blood Prince, and I made a few mistakes. <laughs> nah, not very many. It happened. Well, we won't talk about <laughs> Alan Joe, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. Alan Joe, did I forget that one? <laughs> there, there's a typo. Where... Oh, oh, that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops. Yes, and I didn't fix it because I. I now that it's been on the podcast, I feel I should preserve it. So what you're talking about, that's totally the reason. Yeah, it works for me. I like yeah. it. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad uh, that we brought it up, but it, you know, I was, was like, ah, but yeah, well, Oops. yeah, and it's so easy to do, you know, just be oh yeah, working and talking because I know. We interchange names when we're talking about it all the time. So, it, I mean, it is it is really easy to do. In fact, I had to go back and find Bella's name because I was talking about Bella uh, messing up the elevators. And then I said, and Dora said, and did it in Bella's yeah. voice. And I'm like, hmm, this doesn't work. And so I had to go find myself saying Bella somewhere else so I could yeah. splice it in Whoops. there. Yeah, it puts you right in line with the pros. I was listening to a, a Project Runway one, and there was an obviously spliced together Tim Gunn sentence. Like each and every word was clearly spliced. Um. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yes. Yep. They didn't do it very well. Trying to be a little more subtle than that, if possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, not always, but we try. <laughs> uh, have you played a murder mystery game? No, I haven't. I always wanted to, but they're kind of hard to do remotely, and most of my friends are out of town, so. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I'd I, love to know. <laughs> they, they seem really fun. I mean, the one I did was Star Trek-based, and so it was kind of weird. But yeah. the ones that I've heard about, my friends do them. I, I didn't get to do them, but my friends have done them a lot, and they just have a ball. Yeah. So I was curious. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be we part of Robert's one. Yes, sort of. I, Robert is from our point of view podcast and uh, previously from Spellcast. And mm-hmm. he, for, for his church, he actually writes them oh, and gosh. does them for his church. And the last two times he's done it, he's given me this frantic phone call right before it starts saying, I need somebody to man the phones. Can they call you and you just give them information? And I'm like, sure. So I'm usually a morgue <laughs> attendant or something like that, and I tell them how the people die. They, <laughs> they have to have a code for me, so it's always fun because they don't really expect a real person. Uh-oh, hang on a minute. So they have to give me a code, and so they'll call, and they'll say, Hi, we want to know how so-and-so died, and I'm like, do you have your ID? And they're like, no. And I'm like, sorry, I can't give it to you without your ID number. And so they hang up on me, and they go and try it again and stuff. And- <laughs> Uh, but it's fun. That's yeah. kind of funny. I enjoy it. I've been to a murder mystery theater, so I've been in the audience, and like they've put on a play kind of a thing. So there's like actors who are doing the whole mur- the murder mystery, and then you have to kind of as a big group find out the clues. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, I did more one of those like, in drama club. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that we did that fun. senior year in drama club at Holly's Lumberyard. Holly's Lumberyard is a restaurant at home. That's great. Uh, it's a really good restaurant in the middle of nowhere in my hometown. We actually had a re- couple of really good ones, but Holly's was like traditional. Here's some steak. Here's some veal parmesan. Best French onion soup ever. But mm. and they also were the sponsors for my friend in the annual um, 
Queen Sea Serpent contest. So the Queen Sea Serpent <laughs> contest, nice. We yes, we had a, a lake that had a, a fake sea serpent in the 1800s, and it's still the biggest thing that ever happened in town. So um, we have the sea serpent queen every year. That's great. Uh, so or as she referred to serpent. it, hello, I am the queen sea hag. <laughs> <laughs> so was the sea serpent a cousin, a relative, a love interest of Lo- the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> it was a, uh, a hoax by... Um, by an innkeeper who was trying to cash in on a Loch Ness monster, so we'll say it's a cousin. Um, okay. Uh-huh. They did finally find it when his inn burned down. They found it up in the attic. Um, Aww. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, we still brag about it. I can remember I was in a church camp one year, and they had a lake, and somebody went out in one of the canoes with like two flashlights and scared people you know there were eyeballs coming across the lake and, you know, they were teenage the kids beach. they were easy to scare yep. it was funny. <laughs> yeah we did that in winter camp went and we were sixth grade girl scouts and we went and started pounding on the walls of the fourth grade cabin so <laughs> my poor friend mary she was in there and she came out and she got burrs all the way through her hair so we had to take her in and get all the burrs out of her hair <laughs> but the guys did that at ours. It was a winter camp, so there was going to be no swimming, but the pool was full, and apparently it was just green. And there was uh-huh. uh, about a thousand frogs in there, and the oh. boys caught a whole bunch of frogs and stuck them in a bottle and tucked the bottle in their jacket and then came into the girls' cabin, which technically wasn't allowed <sighs> church camp. Um, and so they were just sitting in there, you know, in like the common area talking and they got caught and kicked out. Uh-huh. And before they left, they unscrewed the lid to the bottle and just kind of tucked it, you know, kind of in an out of the way place. And then they left. And 30 minutes later, the girls were all screaming because there were a thousand frogs <laughs> jumping in their cabin. Uh-huh. But they retaliated very nicely by serving the boys French toast with frogs in between them for breakfast the next oh. morning. So. I'm clearly, oh. clearly not a, like a, a camping... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh. The boys knew to look, so it wasn't like they, you know, ate it or anything like that. So. Yeah. Farm living is not the life for me, let me tell you. <laughs> You don't want to chase hawks off of your chickens? Oh, come on. No. No. But it smells so nice in the spring. Yeah. No. And the food that you get is... I know. It is really good. I had uh, carrot soup for dinner tonight. That was quite delightful. Not so much that the farm is like like camping. Oh, I don't like camping at all. Oh, camping's fun. Yeah, I don't either. I, I had to go because I was in Girl Scouts and my mother was the troop leader, so... Although... There is a part of me that just wants to go and, like, check out the stars because I've never seen, like, the stars without some sort of light pollution. Mm-hmm. I would just love to go and, like, do that. Like, camp out, like, for, like, a meteor shower or whatever. Like, a specific purpose. Like, going camping to go camping? Yeah, not my thing. You can come and visit me. Come to LeakyCon. And, um... <laughs> Where is it this year? It's here. Portland. Oh, really? It's in Portland. Scott's oh. coming. I think Kelly's coming. I, Ooh, I love Portland, mm-hmm. but I don't think I can make it. Unfortunately, I'm, registered I'm, in a, and everything. I'm in a wedding in September, so like my free money is like strapped. Mm-hmm. So 
I have a bridesmaid's dress to buy and all that fun, happy stuff. So yeah, that makes it tough. It's um yeah. in June. Yeah, twenty seventh in Portland. God, since nineteen eighty seven. Has Portland changed a lot since 1987? <laughs> yes, probably. But we're still weird, so, you know, it's cool. <laughs> Saturday market Sunday, too? <laughs> Saturday market all week? I know. I wanted so bad to get there for Christmas, and I just didn't make it. Yeah. But the Saturday market, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I don't think we did that when we were there last time. I don't think it was open. They close right after Christmas, and they don't open again until spring, so... Yeah. Oh, the Bahai people were trying to recruit me. Uh-huh. <laughs> did you go to Powell's? I did not go to Powell's. I was uh, I was uh, taking a language class at um, Portland State, so I didn't oh. get around too much. But oh. Do you know what Powell's is? A bookstore. <laughs> I've heard about it. It's the, like, the giant bookstore. Who, who, Biggest uh, bookstore ever. There. I think it's uh-huh. the largest in the United States, but I'm not positive about yeah. that. Yeah, I think I only got to the PSU bookstore. Oh, that's just sad. It is. I, I can imagine that you would really enjoy Powell's. Mm-hmm. Most likely. Yet to meet a bookstore I don't enjoy. Probably mm-hmm. to my detriment. <laughs> they have um, entire rooms for each sort of section of genre of books, mostly. Some of them they combine, but generally they each yeah. have their own room. Nice. When you need a map in your hand to find a book, you know, area, genre, you know you're in a pretty big place. My baby brother, who does not read, was impressed. So I figure if it can impress somebody that doesn't read, then it would really impress the readers. (laughs) Yeah. So. uh, The only other thing I have is our Thestral question about whether or not one Thestral could actually have carried Hagrid. But you made it work. I did not think about that too closely. <laughs> so, so we'll just go with that. Yeah. Do not investigate this too closely. <laughs> Our, uh, you know, well, he could ride too. No way. You can't fly if we have two. Because yeah. of the wingspan, yes. Slightly off topic. The particularly well fed um, festival. There you go. Well, it's had he the magic him well. He took care of him. <laughs> oh, so maybe he can help uh, now. Maybe he did a featherweight charm on charm on himself or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I'm sure that'll work. A halfway one. I is... just feel like so. Has anyone seen Tangled? No. Are they on, on the podcast? Yeah, I think anyone. I want to. So there's the part. There's the part where they they're in like the the lucky duckling or the ugly duckling when they meet all the. Mm-hmm the rough people and the one guy he, he likes tiny ceramic unicorns I feel like that's Hagrid on the festival like with the <laughs> little festival yeah. sorry I, I just feel like that that's like a scale it's like big Hagrid itty bitty festival yep mm-hmm. well I, Hagrid could probably you know <laughs> he does ride the motorcycle yeah, I, yeah I'm thinking like compared to Clydesdale yeah, maybe. And, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. As he's described in the books, probably not. As we see him in the movies, probably would work. Yeah, yeah. And since the yeah. trolls are supposed to be a little bit longer, a little bit taller than a regular horse, then right, it works. It just you know was something that caught our <laughs> squirrel. You know. <laughs> yeah. 
Or maybe he does have the motorcycle. You never know. Yeah. He, I don't think he ever gave it back, so it could be out in the pumpkin patch somewhere. Potentially. Mm-hmm. I've seen Fix where he's kept it in some shed somewhere, and he brings it out and gives it to Harry at some point kind of thing, so it's possible. Well, where it goes after it crashes in book seven, who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, that's all somebody else. that I have based on what I was able to re-listen to. I don't know. Um, were there things that caught you know caught you as you were listening? And, well, I'm always interested, like when it's something I've written or something I've read, because I've been going crazy reading Mark Reed's lately. If people are noticing the same things I notice, mm-hmm. so I'm like, "What do you mean you didn't you didn't notice that the first time Remus cried was after he after Tonks woke up?" Uh, you know, <laughs> but um, you know, <laughs> that's the, that's part of the fun of it is finding out. Wait a minute, that stuck and. <laughs> Hagrid on the motorcycle stuck in somebody's head. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can Hagrid ride yeah. a Thestral is what you guys came up with and uh, this really nice thing I wrote over here. Uh, yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. You know, can we put up some big neon lights? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm glad I don't put up neon lights because that's kind of bad writing. So yeah. I'm glad people get what they get out of it. So let's see what else was on there. I don't remember any of the diversions that I was thinking, how the hell did you get there this time? <laughs> but uh, um, It doesn't take us much, really. No, it really doesn't. It doesn't. Did you know you guys are on TV tropes? Yes. <laughs> That's yes, actually how I found that WikiWalk game. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> they said, and every episode goes on a WikiWalk. <laughs> said, what's a WikiWalk? <laughs> and then you click over to there and they have the game. Uh-huh. I know uh-huh. I had seen the TV tropes a while ago, and then Ryan just linked us to it recently. But uh-huh. it's slightly different than the one I remember. So I don't know if we're in two, or somebody edited this one, or what. It's a wiki, so they edit. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I, I try not to look myself up anywhere, so I have no idea if I'm on there. But <laughs> don't want to know. Um, yeah. Well. And how, so, so you found us. How did you find the Harry Potter? TV trope, though. I forget how I did that, actually. Okay. I was, oh, I was wiki-walking through it, and, oh, look at that. I think I clicked on podcast or something. Yeah, so. There we were. That's frightening. I forget how I got there, though. So Especially far, on my um, glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're writing your, your recent fic is about Hunger Games. Is there anything else that's, like, sticking with you lately? Anything you've read? Anything... You know, that you've seen that you're just sort of like, this, this is what I, I, I need to tell a story about. Or um, like, you, you just are thinking about. Of, I tend to be sort of a serial monogamist with fandoms. But, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, there are a lot of things that the kids at work tell me about. They're obsessed with Doctor Who. I am not. And I figure like, sooner or later I've got to start watching it, but I really can't afford to get attached to something else right now. Mm-hmm. Um I'm kind of attached to Sherlock. Crazy about Project Runway, but I, I do not write real people stuff, which I'm not sure any of those are real people, but we'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> so we're going to go with um, that? Okay. We'll go with it. Have to write Hogwarts um, Runway or something. Yeah. Well, if anything works as a crossover, it's Hunger Games. Cinna um, mm-hmm. on Project mm-hmm. Runway. <laughs> <That would work>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'd be a judge. Um, well, actually, I did make 
Portia, the winner of, of a contest very similar to it that Sina was a judge on. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like I said, I, I don't tend to get into too many more than one at a time. Um, I'm still into Percy Jackson. I don't write it a lot. I write it sometimes in the thicklets, uh, but I don't share Rick Riordan's kind of sense of humor. Um, I mean, I like it, but I, I can't really do it. I love it. I love it, but I can't seem what to do you- it. <laughs> It's very, it is very unique. Like, I mean, I, you know, you read him, it's like, serious, serious, serious. I'm going to crack a joke right here. And it's just like, it's so real and like honest and, and you can't help but laughing out loud. I really oh, like Mark of Athena. Like, I thought, I thought that was Leo, a really good one. The Team Leo yeah. scene was a winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a Team Leo t-shirt. Yeah. I have to get back yeah. to those. I read the original series, yeah. and I think I started the next one, but I'm not sure if I finished it. And then he's got yeah, his other first... series that he starts as well. Yeah, I haven't read the the Egyptian series, um, but the first of the I the heroes of Olympus. Yeah, I feel like he's hitting his stride with these. I really think like you know the Percy Jackson series was great, but I really feel like he's found his voice with the heroes of Olympus. And I haven't read. The Egyptian one probably because I don't know enough about that mythology to actually get be the able to kind of yeah get the jokes or get the things in it, <laughs> and so I just couldn't get yeah. into it. But like I remember being fascinated with Greek mythology. I had a really good history teacher in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and we did he put all of us in like table like he took our desks and like split us all into like little groups. We were each a city state. And so we had to act about like, the lessons we were learning. So, like, we had to give, like, speeches in the public forum. And, like, we learned the alphabet. You know, it was just, like, different things that really made, uh-huh. brought it to life. And we learned about it. And then we did kind of the same thing with the Romans. And so it always stuck. So I get it. And mm-hmm. I really like it. And I really like I really like how they talked about Athena and the differences between Athena and, and kind of, like, Minerva. But then... The other Minerva, you know, like, the god who kind of took over yeah. what Minerva should have been. It was just, like, really fascinating, and I really liked it. Yeah, um, I like that he doesn't conflate Greece and Rome, that he really kind of does the separation yeah. between them, which a lot of people right. don't do. No, so. I thought it was funny. The ones that were kind of the same, that they, like, it was like watching, like, their head spin, you know, between the Greek or the Roman side, and, you know, that was mm-hmm. kind of the funny thing for the gods. But yeah. I was really happy that Percy and Annabeth, like, how their story, although, like, leaving you hanging like a cliffhanger, but I just like how that literally. Was all the <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I like that I he ha- doesn't mess with them. No. And that. I was happy about that. He, he gets sick of things. So, like, if the I could not read, like, the Steffi Plum books and like, the Sookie Stackhouse books because... It's like, okay, in this book, I'm going to be with this person. But you know what? We're going to cut a conflict. Well, now we're going to have a new love interest. And we're going to go back to the first. And it's like, pick someone and go with it. Seriously. <laughs> so That's I'm, not that interesting. I'm really, yeah, I'm really happy yeah. that they've, he's that pairing. And there's another triangle that we're dealing with. Two triangles, actually. But, you know, it's... Yeah. It, but they're kind of worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I need to yeah. get those from my nephew. He's been reading them, and I'm waiting for him to finish so that I can have them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that uh, a series I have to recommend for you guys. I don't know whether you will have heard of it or not. It's called The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. 
which is what originally sort of caught my attention because of Harry Potter, but it's not um, it's not really related. But this um, this author, Michael Scott, is and basically what he's studied and at least got his master's in. He may have a doctorate was Irish mythology and various other weaving of different ancient mythologies in. And he has this, I guess it's basically a kid's series. The main characters are a pair of twins who are about 12, 13. And it goes along at a fairly quick pace. There's six books and you can go through it and just read it as a fun series. But he throws in all over the place all these really obscure mythological references to a bunch of different stuff. And you sort of can go and look that up and figure out where he's getting these things and how do they relate to each other. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Check that out. I've seen the books. I haven't read them. Yes. The first one is called The Alchemist with a Y. And um, mm-hmm. all six of them are the something. And it goes through the cool. sorceress and the necromancer and the warlock. And I, I'm probably not doing them in the right order, but... Uh, it's a fun series. It sounds about like about the Mother okay. Library. Yeah. Yay, libraries! Yay. Mm-hmm. So, Fern, did you have an opinion on the Super Bowl yesterday? I'm not a big fan of either of the teams, so I just kind of watched it. The second half was pretty exciting. The uh, <laughs> commercials were a little lackluster this year. I, I really liked the Mayhem oh, Apple commercial, but that was the only one. <laughs> you, didn't yeah. like um, the, you didn't like the Clydesdale commercial. The Clydesdale was good. The Clydesdale was okay. good. Yeah. The That's Clydesdale the only one I cared good, about though. was the Clydesdale one. Yeah, well, the Clydesdales are um, always good. <laughs> I forget, Fern. Are you in the, the New England area? Is that, am I I used correct? to be in New England. I was born in Buffalo, though, so first and okay. foremost, loyalty to the Bills, but that rarely interferes with postseason these days. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it, um, it, was, it was a very big, like, toss-up here because, mm-hmm. you know, being in Pittsburgh. So if San Francisco won, they would have as many Super Bowl trophies as we do, which is six. And that's like, right now we're holding the most trophies of any one team. And then one of our rivals is the the Ravens. So it was like, well, we don't want anything good to happen to them. So, you know, it's very like. What what do you do? (laughs) Yeah. Like, we almost got our win. They both lose. (laughs) So what do you do? You turn the lights out on them. That seems to work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I really thought, like, they kept showing the statistic last night that after the lights went out, the, you know, San Francisco had 30-some, not 30, maybe, like, 24 unanswered points, or mm-hmm. 24 to 6 or something like that. And it was just very, like, dynamic. And I was listening to commentators, or actually NHL com- commentators, but that's beside the point, you know, talking about, you know, like, in a championship situation, the best team has to win because they find a way to win. And I feel like, both of those teams have really good half, mm-hmm. but I feel like if the best team won, they would have knocked it out of the ballpark and it would have been a runaway. And it was closer that that's what was going to happen, you know? <laughs> and I feel like yeah. the defense should have been able to stop the offense a whole heck of a lot more that second half for um, the, the Ravens defense yeah. should have stopped. You know, it should not well, have problem, come down to three points. So. Yeah. But that made well, it the, exciting. The problem of, of yeah. me coming from a mafia town was my my thought was oh somebody decided to remind someone that they needed to pick the point spread. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I spent too long in Western New York. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit I didn't 
watch anything, so I was not paying attention to it at all. But yeah. I was amused by somebody's Facebook comment because I was looking at Facebook and other things while that was happening, I guess. And um, I forget who it was. I think it was a Potterfic Weekly person, but I can't remember for sure. They were kind of being incredulous that power outage is enough to stop anything. Like They play in rain and storms and snow and stuff. Why not in dim well, maybe light? Maybe had gone out in the hole. Maybe if it had gone out in the whole stadium, they would have kept playing, but with only half the stadium, it wouldn't have been fair. They would have been going The problem was that they didn't have enough light to film it. They had ah. plenty of light to play, but there yeah. was not enough light to film it, and that's why they put a hold on it. But I, I got a kick out of thinking, okay, who for the San Francisco went up and pulled the plug? That's what I wanted. <laughs> Well, it's really funny because there was a game that the Steelers played in San Francisco about a year ago that the lights went out in the middle of the game at San Francisco. So it was like totally, you know, realistic <laughs> that you could say that. But I think part of it, too, is all the official um, information was out. Like the main scoreboards were out. So I don't know if that had the official game clock tied to it or anything like that that – that may have, you know, had an effect. Because, like, if you watched it, it was, like, all the jumbotrons, all, like, the side, like, you know, information. The funniest thing, though, was that, and someone retweeted it, and I saw it, um, was that Audie had tweeted exactly almost right after it happened, we have some LED lights that we'd like to send to BM, you know, Superdome or whatever, because it's the Mercedes-Benz, Superdome and Audi is a competitor. I was like, cool, burn. <laughs> like, <laughs> ouch. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the meme that's so, going around on Facebook today is one of those little cards, and it says, next year they should have it at Motel 6 since they leave the light on for you. Yes. yes. <laughs> or, and I don't know which, which brother's which, but there's the caption, and the, the upper caption is, Mom, he's not sharing the ball. And the bottom caption is, yeah. Mom, he turned the lights out, or, you know, something like that. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. John won't let me have the ball. <laughs> Mom, Jim turned all the lights off. <laughs> so. I don't even want to know what their house uh, is going to be like the next time get together. Oh, no. I felt bad for their parents because the parents are just like, yeah. oh, man, I have to deal with oh, this now. Yeah. Yep. I liked his mom. And then, I'm praying for a tie. Yeah. I don't care if it's not legal. <laughs> They're going to have a tie. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forget, you know, like, they said like, the last time they played that one of them was still talking about, like, should have been a fourth down. You know, like they're, they're, they're very competitive with each other. So this is going to live on and, and, like, be a source of, like, <laughs> family fodder forever. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean that wasn't a foul? That was totally a foul. The ref called it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there was a, a holding thing that didn't get called just last night. Yeah. So. There were a whole bunch of holds that didn't get called last night on both sides. And mm-hmm. I have to review my football rules because I was like, that, that was a hold. Why, why do yeah. I know that that's a hold and nobody called it? And nobody else knows. So. What's, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps I'm wrong. Um, but. All I could think of when it was like, you know, brother against brother, it's like, it's little giants, but like, not little. 
the movie. Like, <laughs> little guys, but they're not little. Yeah. And if they're not naming a stage or, like, a, a water tower after each other, this is, like, a big deal. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I got a message from Kelly. She chimed in a little bit ago and said, are you full? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, tell everybody I said hi. Hi, Kelly. We find hi, that Kelly. if we have... More than four people on the line, our sound quality goes down, and the recording part's okay, but nobody can hear each other talk, which really messes us up. So yeah. I actually had Ryan on standby to record for us tonight if we had Trisha, because I knew we wouldn't all fit. Mm-hmm. It's so, weird. I wonder why it does that. It's something with my computer. It's old. It's a nice computer. And I forgot Infinite to give us internet, this. Internet, it is the, a computer. Well, yeah, maybe. I should start podcasting down at my brother's house they have much better internet than i do i know this because i go <laughs> i go down to his house to upload files for fern because if i stay at my house it takes an hour and if i go down to his house it takes five minutes so i said uh-huh. i went down and sat in his driveway the other day and just uploaded the podcast <laughs> it worked he didn't catch uh-huh. me it was okay yes, <laughs> like, that's 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 <laughs> yeah he doesn't care, but... This episode of Butterfrick <laughs> Weekly is dedicated to Mike. Yes, we need to do that. <laughs> All right. Mike. Well, yeah. do we have anything else? Should we say goodnight? I just realized it's almost 8 o'clock, and I have to call my grandma and wish her a happy birthday. Happy oh, birthday, right. Grandma. Yeah. On a previous note, I just... Um, wow. ooh, impressive. I just stuck uh, Butterfrick Weekly in a search box, and... Um, the TV Tropes is the fourth link. Okay. You oh. get com, the iTunes link, the forum, and then TV Tropes. <laughs> okay. So, so if we uh, type in Fern with... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I don't. I made that mistake once, and that was enough. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know these things. I like to keep my ego exactly where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing particularly bad. It just gets your various um, posting pages. Live yeah. journal, fan fiction, sugar quill, and then humongous big head, archive of our own, etc. Yeah. Okay. See? Yeah. It's not until you hit images that things get crazy. At least with us. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I know with us. Yeah, yeah. we get pictures of people who are not at all us. <laughs> yeah. I run my real name sometimes and it's like principal of a school someplace. Um mm-hmm. Older than me and of a different race. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at that. Apparently, in your case, you just get fan art. So, hey, works pretty well, too. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Fern, for stopping in and, and doing this for us. And thanks for joining the forum after the last podcast we did and becoming head well, of house and me. all of that stuff. <laughs> we mm-hmm. kind of made you go to work. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, there's not that much work to do in Gryffindor. You would think there would be, but... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty quiet all around. So. Yeah. Scott, you have a new Hufflepuff, okay. by the way. Always nice. Mm-hmm. Her name is Charlie. Hey, Hufflepuff! I have no idea how to pronounce her form- forum name. She's from Australia. Okay. So. We're getting more Australians. Yeah, she she's a friend of Blue Jays. I see. Thank you, Fern, for sitting in the hot seat once again. <laughs> well, thanks for Thank you for me. writing good stories. Yeah, yeah. We'll Thank you for to, reading them. That <laughs> helps. We'll have to, you know, start a Hunger Games podcast or something, and you bring you back okay. again. 
You never know. Okay. We'll, we'll read it. sit Brian, Ryan on it and see what we can do. But okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good one. So, And you post it again, so I have something to listen to in bed yes. tonight. I yes. love it. And Shorty has already commented. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Okay. So, all right, well, thanks again. Okay. We'll say good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.